Hey everybody and welcome to episode 529 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapara, is coming to you from the Chris Parker Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join mm. us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Christopher can't think of a fancy nickname, Antista. All the all I can think about, all I can think about right now <laughs> is that. Final Fantasy 16 unlocks at the very moment the people in the sub run out of hair. <laughs> that it's the same time. No, it's six <laughs> hours earlier. Oh, I thought it was the same time. Oh, you're on. The He's done the timer. math. He's done the math. Wow. No, but that's, uh, hi, what, what other two things have been like attacking my brain this week harder than those two things? Other than your co-host Matthew Allen, who Thank didn't you. get to announce himself, <laughs> and Michael Rapars. Uh Let's see. I don't know. Um, a bunch of new releases because we didn't really get any last week and we're back on our no- usual format this week. Yeah, Maybe that yeah. was attacking yeah, your brain. Big, big new release that we've I still only played the demo of. I can't believe this. Square Enix, send us free games once in a while. Why don't you? Yeah, uh, I'll pay you half price. I mean, but the reviews are out. The reviews are good. I think last I looked, it was sitting at like an 88 on Metacritic. I've seen some people complain about the story. I've seen many more people praise the story. And I just want to say, after watching some videos of other people playing that demo, I did not dive into the full repertoire of what is available to you Mm. in terms of acrobatic sword slashing and fireball tossing. So take anything I said with a grain of salt. Hey guys, a little hot take here, but it turns out these Final Fantasy games, they might be polarizing. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about these But lately, they might but... be pretty good. It's usually a pretty good bet to, to, to bet on Final Fantasy. Like, just a couple misfires, really. But... It turns out people have strong opinions. Just strong Ooh, opinions super, about these Final super Fantasies. strong opinions. But they also have strong opinions about consoles and various oh, yes. attempts at oh, consoles yes. that are not by what we think of as the big three, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. And you hit, Chris, on an interesting idea inspired by 302010 right. this week because one of the failed consoles turned 10. Turned 10. And then it week. made me think of like, we've had, I think more than my like history with the game industry, failed technical failed consoles occur. Thanks mostly to like, I don't know if this is a broader conversation, but like, you know, like say... It was like that new Mr. Show sketch, like, yeah, I'm going to start my own automobile company. Like, yeah. we can do that. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and 302010, by the way, our sister podcast, right. lasertimepodcast.com. Check it out. And, uh, and, and it, we, without Kickstarter, none of, like, that opened up a floodgate of potential doing massive air quotes here, new mm-hmm. consoles. And some of them are hysterical. Like, people like, yeah, I drew this picture of how to make a better fan for my Xbox One. Kickstart my project. All I need is 30 grand to make this product available. <laughs> uh, just something that whole, borrows a hole into your Xbox One to people like outright emulation, like in the, out in the open. Uh, but it's, I look, I found dozens of Kickstarter consoles, like uh, many of which made their goal 
and didn't see the light of day. Mm, uh, there are dozens of them. Dozens! It's, it's, it's real hard. I just want to preface this. It's real hard to get a console off the ground. That oh, is yeah. like a Herculean yes. effort. It's a miracle that any of the stars align to to bring out the consoles that we have. Yep. So yes. in, in talking about failed consoles, I want to make something very clear. We are not ridiculing these necessarily. Mm-hmm. We're not saying they're bad. Oh, we're not we're calling not... them the failingest consoles? That's uh, how I, <laughs> I mean, I did sort of arrange them on the on a scale of how badly they failed. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, some of these, it's like, oh, it seems weird to call that failingist. But uh, these are, you know, the, the failures that are most fun to talk about. Well, I think some one of them that we thought was a failure, I looked at the sales numbers and I'm like, uh, that sold like 40 million units. I think it was what, PSP? Like we viewed as like, hey, that maybe or, or, wasn't as big as no, we thought it was. No, it was Vita. Vita. You were considering Vita. No, no, no. The, the, the PSP was the one that sold 40. Vita did not sell 40 uh, Vita million. Vita sold like 14 million or something. I was yeah, saying yeah, PSP yeah, yeah, yeah. was... Like the worst portable <laughs> I've ever had, which I, I had plenty of experiences that I love, but on a technical level, I think I described it like, man, we had steampunk back in like 06, this loud, hingy, ka thing fire up, mm-hmm. and then my, my portable console would... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and when I say failing, I'm not or failing. I'm not talking about uh, bad either. I'm, I'm just saying like right. these were commercial failures. Commercials failure. Well, and we should also caveat like we're not going back to the late. We're not going back to the late seventies and eighties because there was a glut there of were, these but, uh, oh, before yeah. my as time. people were trying to capitalize on Atari, and they all the industry learned a lesson. That apparently it forgot after 40 years because yeah. mm-hmm. it tried to relearn that lesson. Uh, it, it, everything goes in cycles, right? But we got to see it yet again with, uh, I guess, the crowdfunding where they're like, hey, instead of wasting investors' money, we're just going to waste yours, the general mm-hmm. public. It was sort of like – but because there were so many early consoles that had what – what do you even call call that they come with the amount of game all the games they'll ever have they'll have like yeah, 10 games on them and like hey yeah. man maybe you just want to be a game developer like maybe you don't need to make your own fucking console <laughs> it's like go <laughs> make games on all these other consoles you might make mm. more money yeah we're also not going to talk about uh soldier boys attempted a console which was Did that come out hilarious uh i, I think so and i think he might have gotten sued or at least c and d over at cease and desisted from from what i can tell it was like a you know, an, an off-the-shelf uh, Chinese, probably Android console or something that was like loaded up with emulated like games from like the NES to the Xbox era, and it's like you can't just sell this legally. <laughs> That's all pirated software. Yep, and I think one of the reasons, if I if I had to like look at like why did we see so many of these again resurge the past ten years? I think it's, it's things like Android. <laughs> well, things like Android came about. Things like Raspberry Pi came about, where all of a sudden a lot of tech got a lot cheaper and a lot smaller, and they could they could it's sort of this whole mini console craze, right? With one of the entries yeah. on our list, I think is the most representative of this, where it's like, oh, yeah. but we're not we're not covering all of those, right? I think some of these, Michael, that were it's like these some of these are, are from major yes. uh, well, companies. One of them know? is from the most major company. So let's begin with number five. Hey, it's uh, time to watch some baseball. Okay. <laughs> and a runner on second. Hernandez is on the mound, and here comes the 3-1 pitch. Swing and a miss. 98 mile per hour fastball. You want to watch that some... Uh, well, I, I'm 
playing my Mario game, but I want to watch some rights-free USFL game. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, uh, I came here to deliver a pizza. Is basically what that, that sounded like. <laughs> hey, uh, it's time to watch some baseball. Uh, <laughs> I still... We would lose our remote so often that I did program the gamepad to be the remote, and it... Did you really? It, yeah, it's, it's how I knew when I was like, man, I fucking suck. I'm picking up my Wii U <laughs> gamepad to turn on my television. <laughs> did work, though. Yeah, I think Wii U is like... You can only really call this a failure by Nintendo standards. It sold yes. okay, but it's also one of those things like, I went to pick it up on launch day and saw a bunch of them sitting on shelves. And, like, this is a bad sign. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Nintendo knew, just because uh, we've told many of our launch stories before, but, like, that embarrassing moment when, like, Dave and I having drinks the night before, I'm not going to get the Wii U yet. I just don't, it, I don't need it just yet. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to get it either. And then 6 a.m. at Target, we walk into one another. Oh, oops, <laughs> I couldn't resist. But Target only had five of each for weeks. And that was, like, what we, we lived in a major American metropolitan city, and that was, like, one of three places to buy the console, and the other one of the other ones is another Target, and they got they got ten at a time. So I think Nintendo sort of knew like this isn't going to go well. There's no reason. Mm-hmm. There's no reason yeah. to get these out here faster. We don't even have a launch game yet. Again, yeah. About uh, I just you know Googled how many sales thirteen point fifty six million. That's not bad, but by Nintendo standards and by the standards of that generation. Uh, it wasn't great. Yeah, it it's, did. It's, it's no like a, like everyone in Japan is on their fourth DS. Yeah. And well, and, and and to follow up the Wii, which had over a hundred million units sold. Like I think that's that's the yeah. thing is like yeah, there's the Nintendo highest. standards. Then there's like hey, the follow up to the Wii standard, yeah. so even higher. And mm-hmm. and one thing that I kept hearing was like one of the reasons it didn't sell well was confusion because like yeah. a lot of people number one weren't convinced that like well what why is this better than the Wii why do i need a new one and a lot of people also thought that this was some sort of like tablet add-on for the yes. Wii and not a whole new system and i, I think I, that's kind of driven home by some of Nintendo's early ads we'll make this quick how many times dropping fast people boo time to upgrade to Wii U with Wii U, oh. we can play Super Mario 3D World. Find secrets with the Wii U gamepad. And did we mention togetherness? Just check out the simulation. Whoa. I look good. Look at that. Yeah, I look like I've been upgraded. Bow. Get the gift of family when you upgrade to Wii U for $299.99. Game ready to eat for everyone. The word upgrade gets yeah. used several times through there. Oh, if you, yeah. If you, if you remember, there was a marketing campaign that Nintendo had to pay for to show that this is a different console because the, the average consumer did not fucking know. And the, well, and, here, and here's here's how I can just tell you, like, they had a, a messaging problem right there. When was the last time you remember people talking at length in Nintendo ads for anything, like in commercials? Yeah. Only uh, they don't. Robin Williams. They generally don't, right? Think of think of all the Switch commercials. It's, it's silent people having a good time at parties, picking up their Switch. The games are doing all the talking for them, right? And in like, the 90s, it was like, it was like, oh, 45 seconds of avant-garde filmmaking with no dialogue yes. and then guitar riff showing six seconds of gameplay. But like every <laughs> clip you've sent us for Wii U and some are quite cringeworthy. Very, oh, very yeah, good yeah, stuff yeah. to too. But but like That's... it's people like it's real actors like talking and interacting. And it's like, oh, they felt they needed to educate people on this because of what you guys just said is like, I think 
when they went with that name, they created a ton of confusion of like, oh, this is an upgrade to my Wii. And because Nintendo had done stuff like that in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yeah, just people did not understand why to upgrade and they didn't know that <laughs> upgrading meant, no, this is a whole new platform. I mean, you right? can, you can and, understand like, why would we abandon the Wii brand? This has effectively soaked yes. over the globe more so than any IP we've released. Everybody know what the Wii is instantly. But a, a, an odd thought I had that I hadn't had before is that, you know, typically when you go... you I, I'm a consumer who doesn't read video game websites and magazines. I walk into a store and I see a big, huge display of the new game system. And starting with the Wii and especially with the Wii U, is that not the most unexciting-looking console? Like, if you take the gamepad away, which the gamepad usually was overshadowing the actual console, mm-hmm. it yeah, is the yeah. most boring, unimpressive piece of yeah. technology it, you've ever seen. It basically just looks like a Wii with the corners smoothed. It looks it looks like, it looks yeah. like a rounded uh, optical drive. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you what it looked like. Like, if you asked me to describe the Wii base unit, I... All I can remember is the tablet, because that's what they featured and focused on. It wasn't meant to be looked at, and you can understand why people were thinking, like, this is just a controller Mm add-on. Maybe it should have been. (laughs) Do we know what the U was about? Because, like, one of the ways they could have solved their messaging problem, it's not as elegant, is we too, yeah, or or we as well, if you prefer, grammar people. I want we more. (laughs) We more. (laughs) Like, what was the U? I never Emo. understood. What's the U aspect? I, I remember we were joking about what shitty name Nintendo was going to come up with, with for that console. And one of us guessed that. And and it, we guessed it. And it wasn't even funny. It was just like, ugh. And then we utterly yeah. shocked the, ne- like the next week when that was the actual name of the system. Just, I mean, was ugh. it meant to be a play on, on like, hey, we... Yes, you know, like we versus you, like two different pronouns going. Uh, that that makes sense, actually, because like you remember, yeah. a lot of their early marketing was focusing on the idea of like this is a system mainly for couch multiplayer, and one person will be like the dungeon master or whatever, play with the gamepad, and everyone oh, else will play God. with the Wii remotes. There, there is also just a lot of baffling design decisions with this one. So, for example, like they had a hugely successful handheld in the market that featured what. On, on what was the big thing that both DS and 3DS had? Touchscreen, a second screen, second mm-hmm. screen experience, right? And yet, did they ever just have an elegant way of just being like, "Hey, you can play all your DS and 3S, 3DS games on this thing, and the tablet is the touchscreen." Is the I mean, eventually with the virtual console, like that yeah, was only with the virtual console. That continued like something that the Wii had started, where the virtual console became like one of the best things on the system. And yeah. and yeah, you can play DS games, not 3DS games, but uh, original DS. Yeah, I remember games. playing Ad- Advance Wars because if you mightn't even remember the Wii U came with a stylus you used even less than yeah. with a DS. There were people who were using it for months and did not know about the stylus. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, and this is, I think it's not great. Like there's something about the stylus when the BlackBerry went out of vogue. Like people, mm. the stylus became like this crude representation of dated technology. But I still thought it was awesome for DS yeah. games, and, and also like, it let people like draw stuff for yeah. you know the the Wii Plaza little little doodles and stuff. Oh yeah, so I could yeah and unyeah my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and, see. I try not to bring too much personal bias into the Wii U discussions because this is the only Nintendo console, not handhelds. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a Richard Boy yeah. that I never owned, and so it's like, well, am I just you know bringing in like? But I think it speaks volumes that like I 
I never wanted one enough to actually buy one. Like I just never felt the need. And then, and then when they announced Switch, I'm like, cool. I mean, there, there's, the, the there's way it launched was, was nothing short of disastrous, in my opinion, just because all the games kept getting delayed to even the point where like our biggest first party release, Pikmin 3, is delayed by months. And like you're <laughs> you're left with the hope of Pikmin 3 eventually. And there were some good third party launch games. And they launch with new Super Mario Brothers and Nintendo Land, but that's not the kind of thing that like leads people to believe they need this brand new console. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't even like show neither of those experiences really show why the gamepad is even necessary. I think that that's ultimately the real failing that I don't think Nintendo got any novel use out of that gamepad as a first party developer. How the fuck are you supposed to expect other developers to do the thing? Like to innovate there either. And the I only mean, one I really ever saw that did in any meaningful and non-meaningful way was Ubisoft. Like adding, giving myself Zombie a second game. a second yeah. map, map screen for Assassin's Creed and the shit they did with Rayman was awesome. Yeah. And the, the inventory management with Zombie U was mm-hmm. that like really ratcheted up the tension in that game where you have to look away from the screen and add a little virtual backpack to, to move stuff around. And they didn't. You guys really aren't giving enough credit to Star Fox, man, because that, that's the one well, game I remember that used it. But it the had, tablet was so heavy, yeah. like people well, did not want to aim with that. That's tablet. the thing that, like, <laughs> using the tablet for motion control was unpleasant. Uh, yeah. It was, it it was fine if it's sitting in your lap, but like, man, that is not fun to aim at the screen upright. It is not comfortable. Uh, yeah, and and, and it, the thing I remember about it was like trying to play New Super Mario Brothers U, which came with it, and like noticing like there's a a lag here that does not feel right for a Mario game. Like it, when I jump, when I hit the button, there's like a split second lag before Mario jumps, and I realized mind, when you told me that because like I hated that game and I love the New Super Mario yeah. Brothers game, but but playing it if I if I was looking at the TV, I got the lag. If I played it just on the gamepad, it was perfect. So like. Hmm. That's not great um, when that happens. No, but, uh, certainly not. I mean, Wii U had a respectable lifespan. I think, you know, five years has always been the average for a game console's lifespan. It lasted from 2012 to 2017 but when did, the Switch did came it really out. last? Like, mm. they, it, was, it didn't have that many. I, I mean, it I wasn't say, going strong into 2017. And, and they, right. they had, I would say it had two or three years of, like, okay, regular releases, and then it tapered off after that. Right? It, it, it just always, like, made me believe they only made the Wii U because, like, ev- that's what everybody wanted Nintendo to do. But Nintendo didn't want to make a new console. The Wii was selling. My mom ended up buying one on, like, the third version of Wii Fit. It made it into one of her magazines and first game console she's ever purchased. The sales were still strong. I don't think the, I think the software was kind of failing. And if I were Nintendo, I wouldn't want to dump first party resources into a system that. How long did it last? Like, 10 years? No, no, it lasted like eight the years. The Wii? Oh uh, six to twelve. Well, six years. I mean, we always we always forget the Wii came out before HD TVs were a thing, right? And no, so, like, the that's Wii, not true. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, true. they didn't. It didn't have HD TV support, right? Like, it the Wii was no, a standard I mean, def. It had like 480p support. I want to say if you, that's if not you HD. The, that's yeah. that is SD. We were complaining like that, about the, t- the small text in Dead Rising before we were complaining about the Wii lacking any HD capabilities. Yeah, that's but true. The, but my my point Wii was U, like the Wii U was their first. It was their little stopgap to actually like have right. HGTV That's what I'm saying. Like on... Nintendo needed to make a new console. I don't think it really wanted to, but it just had to because software sales had completely dried up. It had to make a new console quick. And so when I say I hate the Wii U, it's because it was bad. Like it was poorly designed, and it was 
you can do all these things that open different applications, like sometimes with up to one minute of waiting. The mm. the I <laughs> I'm on like my sixth iPhone here, and I can't switch my everybody votes app <laughs> to my fucking uh, social feed app in less than a minute. And I'm like, I we know we're aware of the problem. We'll update it. That system got like one update a month and addressed could never address everything. And uh, remember, like I said, I got uh, Assassin's Creed three on there. And I was like, man, bold choice. No dialogue. Pretty intense. <laughs> uh, and then I realized there was a lot of dialogue taking place there. If I had it, my Wii U system setting on surround sound, it could not hear that it would not <laughs> play the dialogue from one of its 10 games. And it never fixed it. <laughs> so you just had to turn off surround sound features. Uh yeah, it was. I think such I ran a... into something similar with Bayonetta too, where it's just like, why does everybody sound so distant? And then I was reading something like, if you have surround sound turned on and this is what you're hearing, you don't have surround sound. Turn it off. Yeah, it's it's fucking useless. So it, I think on a tech on an objective technical level, it was a very bad system. And and I think to what we were saying, the virtual console sort introduced in the last the last generation, the Wii. Will my <laughs> Will my purchases carry over? No. Yes. Some. Maybe. <laughs> Pay us a dollar. <laughs> Pay us a dollar per game, and maybe we'll let you transfer some of them over. But only first party, and even then, only the ones we decide. And well, I mean, there was that that thing where you could you know migrate your SD card, but you had to sit through like a forty five minute animation of Pikmin hauling your SD card through ridiculous environments i'm not sure that was the case i think you had to pay a dollar to rebuy uh mm. to re-authenticate certain virtual console games and if you remember it had a much bigger virtual console launch it was the shittiest nes emulator that <laughs> i've ever seen like it was worse than every other emulator freely available on the market it was it was dull the colors were dull. It was the wrong aspect ratio. And I think someone dug up the guts and like Nintendo just kind of s- stole an emulator. And that's like like when Prince put Dave Chappelle dressed as him on his album cover. Like, who are you going <laughs> to sue for this? Like, um, <laughs> I can't really argue. <laughs> yeah, um, I, think, I think Nintendo refuted that. But uh, I did, I did want to play. I have one more clip. And this might be my least favorite Nintendo ad ever. My girl Peach is in. I'm ready. DK's in. This is going to be bananas. I'm not in. You're not in? I don't have one of those. Amiibos. I love you. You're my brother, but I don't know if you're ready. It's his time. Were you ready when I took your favorite princess away from you? No. No, I I, I actually didn't make it into the track team that day, so I was kind of upset. That was just a personal thing. You didn't make the track I mean, I made the track team. It's a no-cut thing. There there is a cut. I gotta get one. Go get your mom and get one so you can get in. All right, I I gotta go. See you, Gina. Bye, Jack. Wait, why do you say bye to just you? Oh, that could be a nice relationship. Oh my that, gosh. That's not funny. Jesus <laughs> Christ. The love, the love, the love B-plot of that. By the way, that yeah. is Stranger Things Steve is in that yeah. thing. And he's uh, so jo- Steve. Joe Keery. And this, this was a few years before Stranger Things started. Uh, this was like advertising Amiibos. the same character. Yeah. Advertising Amiibos, it's a four-minute commercial it's- wherein this kid, like, like the little brother thinks he needs an amiibo to play smash brothers and then he he gets one he goes to the store with his mom first off and goes straight to the amiibo aisle and thinks like this is the one my brother has i'm gonna get one of these it's like well yeah that's why you asked your mom to take you to the store to buy you an amiibo 
His mom, by the way, who does not look like she could be his mom. It's just poor casting right yeah. off the bat. I'm and like, she looks, they look nothing well, alike. All she has to do is stand there. She says nothing. She's just a, a wallet with legs, it. basically. Uh, and so, and then this kid like gets his amiibo home and loses. So it's like a long training montage where he levels up his amiibo. And it's like, this it's is. It's to teach you painful. about the leveling mechanics. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, but it also, oh, like, it's. In terms of messaging, is telling you that kid didn't need an amiibo to play. No, right. what are you talking he, about? He just, needed, he just needed time. He just needed lots of time. And <laughs> the, then it shows him the, obsessing over this video game for a period of weeks. The Mario oh God, was within healthy. him all along. He, yeah, he didn't need an amiibo <laughs> to play Smash. He technically needed a much more expensive Nintendo peripheral. <laughs> that, that's all he needed. It also, it also culminates with him going in for the kiss and getting shut down, or uh-huh. like at the very end, or going in for a yeah. hug. I'd, she calls him Little Bromeo, and then yeah. like, well, you bet you can't beat my Samus. Uh, I'm fascinated. At some point, I hope someone does like a thorough retrospective of Nintendo's just infuriating marketing during this period, and and I hope it I hope it wasn't the same in every region. I hope there was just normal fucking game ads. Enough of this white room family playing horseshit. Like I we know what video games are. Well, I, I think you know they they were trying to come up with a good marketing strategy for this thing after the Wii and. Like, who was buying the most Wii's? It was, like, parents and, you know, the the whole family togetherness thing was a selling point. Like, we can, four people can play a game together, and these are games that would appeal to parents who aren't really into video games. Uh, so, you know, they were trying to keep that momentum up, and so mm-hmm. they were, like, showcasing families and sort of downplaying the games themselves. And the, the knock-on effect was that, like, you know, kids are watching this, and they're not connecting with the kids as yeah. intended. They just want to see the games, so they don't care as much. And, you know, advertising to parents has historically not worked as well as advertising directly to kids. That's why toy commercials are manipulative and aimed at children. How do I even know this is a video game commercial if the video game protagonist doesn't burst through my door and kill my parents? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> what am I even watching here? No one's rapping at all. Mm-mm. <laughs> I want Macho Man Randy Savage to burst out of the screen, throw a little kid through a wall, and scream into the camera. I did, I, I'm not kidding. I did see the, the multi-platform pre-NES Donkey Kong commercial. That is what happens. Like, the mm-hmm. fucking Donkey Kong breaks through the wall and <laughs> eats the dude's wife. Well, I think the silver lining, though, we've t- said many times before on the show, is like, the Wii U crawled so that the Switch could run. Like we got all the good games from the Wii U library. They're on Switch now. You can play all that stuff. Nothing, nothing was left behind or lost. Well, I guess Nintendo Land, but like not you know, Splatoon one. <laughs> True, it's a matter. But uh, it's just a matter of time. It's, yeah, it's almost like it, it never happened. And, and once again, and praise the Switch. I was talking to someone uh, I met on one of those apps. And, like, uh, you know, we were commiserating over the power being out in, like, our whole city the previous week. And, like, yeah, fucking work really suffered, but Zelda, my Zelda progress went way up. And she's like, well, how did did you play Nintendo? How do you play Nintendo without electricity? I'm like, you're adorable. The Switch (laughs) is going to seem like a miracle to you. (laughs) It's, like, technically the only device that I have that functions with no electricity or internet right now. Uh, Yeah. It's what I'd like. Oh, I have so a lantern, and I have what's left of my iPhone, yeah. and that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Nintendo still True. works hundred percent. 
Yeah, for a few hours at least. Yeah. I mean, well, I, 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 I'm good with recharging batteries, so anything I can plug into USB and charge, I was okay with. So, yeah, I can keep a switch charge. I can keep a switch charge during like a full-on hurricane melee for a couple days. Hmm. <laughs> I'm prepared. Hey, just wired yeah. into that crank flashlight you got, and then you can you know, charge you know up your I switch. Have that? <laughs> We've talked about it on a recent show. Oh, God. we all have one. My roommates. I, ha- I have a radio. I can power a radio with the power of a hand Sweet. crank. It's I ridiculous. can listen to Guy Rizdal on Marketplace even while society collapses. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, the Wii U is the worst system ever, and it's failed oh, by, <laughs> by Nintendo. By Nintendo standard, it's the Nintendo's worst console for sure, without a doubt. Well, not Virtual Boy, but uh, recent, I still think Virtual console. Virtual Boy was delivering uh, it delivered on weird expectations. If that's what hmm. you wanted, it worked. Of having red lights shine directly into your eyes. <laughs> yes. yeah. I um, also classify Virtual Boy as a handheld more than console. Yeah, but, yeah. Fair, enough, fair enough. Even though it's neither. Yeah. It sits on a table. The, yeah. co- the correct way to play it is lying on your back with that thing resting on your face and the legs propping it up against your yes. chest. Or if you, hopefully you're married to an optometrist and you have mm-hmm. an eye exam station. That too. That that's too. the best yeah. way to play virtual. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking viewfinder that gives you migraines. That's yeah. okay. You can <laughs> all way to put it. All right. Uh, let's move along to number four. So impossibly mind-bending, so free to move from screen to screen, so not dependent on downloads or updates, it's like nothing. Nothing you've ever played games on before! Unthink the things you think are things. Free your mind at the one place for all the ways we play. Oh, what is that one place? No, we, idea. Did, we didn't get we didn't get half of this stuff, and that that's one of the reasons I think that Google Stadia did not mm-hmm. last very long. Like, I'm still that whole upset about screen to screen thing is like that was such a cool promise. Or like, hey, your favorite streamer is going to be playing this game, then you can they can hand it off to you. You can pick up. It's like all the cool tricks didn't really materialize, and all we got was like decent streaming with a little bit of lag, and uh, didn't. I don't know, like, everything, it's weird, like, they should have been able to do a lot of what they promised, like, the fact that these were yeah. games that are running on servers that are ultra-powerful servers, and it's like, yeah, you, you don't, it's not your, you know, um, workstation, uh, to use old, outdated terminology, it's not the, the power on your PC itself, it's mm-hmm. the power in the cloud, you know, we can have super, you know, servers that are running these games at their beyond maximum settings, and, like, when it came down to it, we got kind of, like, middling PC settings, I mean, like they were it, doing performance tests on these things, right? Th- that's there's two of these things on here that I can think of. This should have worked, but if you remember, like the thing we were most excited about talking about was Stadia pre its name and release. Like, what if Google takes this disruptive, low cost uh, dive into the gaming space? It could shake up everything, and you could just see by the time they announced it. They started getting real quiet about everything. So somebody clearly at Google got cold feet, like, the second this thing was released. Because all they had to do was announce, like, a disruptive pricing structure, and it was the opposite. It was the exact same pricing structure Mm -hmm. for a new company where you didn't have a copy of your game. You're basically renting one for full price. And I I pay people for digital games all the time, but you kind of want some assurance this will be around for a little bit. you may you may knock Divix, but at least they had the goddamn common courtesy to charge less than a DVD well, for yes. their destructive and, disc and format, to be right? fair, to be fair, uh, to when be fair. when Stadia went 
under at the end of last year. If you had bought any full price games from them, they refunded the money. Yeah. Uh, They refunded the full purchase price uh, and of the hardware. So that was kind of, that was pretty cool of them. And then I think they gave uh, Stadia Pro users a, okay, we're not going to charge you for the last month, but you can keep using it. And Stadia Pro was, uh, you know, a pretty good idea if you did not want to pay full price for all those games. With Stadia, you have what it takes to play the biggest games. And with Stadia Pro, you get even more. Like free games every month more. More flinging, sneaky, sneaking, and bomb battling. Stadia Pro is like a never-ending buffet of free games. Claim them, keep them, and watch your library grow. So go, try, now, and get one month of Stadia Pro free. Because you have what it takes. So it was basically like a uh, an Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. kind of thing where... Which is not a never-ending buffet, by the way. Yeah. That's like if Golden Corral only released two dishes a month for you to or come you, yeah, in your mom, or your mom, your mom divorces your dad and comes in, I'm only making fish sticks in January! If and they like... had managed to beat Microsoft to the punch with something like Game Pass, I think Stadia would maybe still be around. Uh, as it is, like, yeah, I ended up paying for it. I... I didn't use Stadia that much. I liked the experience of like, oh, hey, I'm sitting here on an underpowered laptop and I can just load up any game in my browser that I have and, and start oh, yeah, playing. That was, that was neat. As I long had, as I had, a, I had a good internet connection, it was great. Yeah, I had, I had yeah. a friend. I should say I had a friend um, whose name might be Sam, but full. he's like full into the Google environment. You know, mm-hmm. you're pure Androids. Remember, he was like, yeah, message me on Anno. I'm like the fuck is that and a short-lived <laughs> google product that's what that is I'm like i'm not using the ubisoft that. the ubisoft strategy game yeah. series message <laughs> <Yeah>. me in <laughs> anna <laughs> message me on anna no mm-hmm. you message me on hangouts the other google messaging service yeah uh, they got four of them wow. pick and, one but again that's it had the google problem of like it probably launched under a different regime that regime got cold feet on the product and dude if they yeah. in any way because like what's funny about this we call it a failed console what do you think of when you think of the console of Stadia? Like Wii U, you think of the gamepad. That is all there yeah. is. The well, gamepad, and it came with a little was. Chromecast dongle. Yeah. Yeah, it was but a Chromecast you, you and a gamepad. You did not Let's need see. either of those to play it. You could just load it up in any browser. And that, yeah, was, so that Sam, was neat. Sam, at, we we had good internet, and just like, to him, it was just like, this is fine. This is fucking, I, I way prefer this than buying a $500 piece of hardware for because, you know, he plays, like, one game every three months. And, like, this is perfect for me. And mm-hmm. I think it would have been perfect for a lot of people. But if they wanted to get people like us involved, there had to be some sort of, like, exclusive or subsidization of our regular habits. Yeah. And for, there was yeah. nothing. They, they had, like, a couple of exclusives for a long time. Their main exclusive was Guilt, which was their one exclusive launch game. And it was about it was it was by the the same company that did um, the sexy brutal and uh, the, oh. the Groundhog Day oh. game. Oh, uh, so, it, so they didn't was... literally just give you chocolate covered chocolate coins. Here's here's some guilt to uh, justify your purchase of Stadia. <laughs> that's that's guilt. This is G Y L T, and it was a oh, okay. a stealth horror game that was kind of kid friendly. You're playing as like a, a little girl looking for her sister. Actually, that was that was mm. another thing I remember reading in an article. Like, uh, Stadia is about to drop, and this is a weird thing to say. Google is surprisingly not buying any game company. 
Yep. Amazon has been hmm. swallowing game companies for fucking years to release nothing. Hmm. Uh, Google did not like it. Microsoft was doing it at the time. Like if you want to be a first party player, start buying some game companies to make yeah. shit for your thing. And it didn't do any of that. No, yeah. I, I, I to me, though, you're right. Like there was no big exclusives. There was nothing that you're like, well, I can't get a better experience over here with my dedicated platform. So it's like. I, we talked about it at the time. We're like, hey, you know who this could really work for? It's people like Sam who are like, I don't want to spend thousands yeah. of dollars on a gaming PC or I don't want to spend 600 bucks on a console. The problem is like I don't know that they were going after those folks because they kept kind of chasing gamers. And I'm like, well, you don't really have enough to offer gamers to make right. a switch, right? Yeah. But I, I think what we always talked about was like if, if you're talking about graphics or fidelity, you're talking about the internet, something you or your user has zero control over right now. Yeah. And and and, and th- throughout most of the country, they are monop the internet is monopolized to not showcase any of these games in 1080p. So yep. who are you after? The, but to me, the one the the thing that kind of put the nail in the coffin, it's they we talked about the price of the game. So they charge full price for mm-hmm. the games, but mm-hmm. even like during big sale windows it's like they didn't look at what the rest of the games industry was doing in terms of just merchandising like okay these are the typical months we put shit on sale and with digital there's kind of you know steam set this precedent like people expect steeper discounts like stadia was always the most expensive place to buy a game which should it was the opposite of what should have been true right like it should have been the cheapest place to get games it was always the most expensive their their sales were Never steep enough. And my guess is that it probably had to do with kind of contractual things and they couldn't oh, yeah. discount to a certain amount with publishers or something. But it's like, hey, it it gave them a competitive disadvantage at the end of the day. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, you don't you don't actually own this thing. You're just streaming it. You're paying to rent it long term, which by the way is like every video game license contract, right. but like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it felt more that way when you're streaming a game, but also it's more expensive and, and that's the consumer mindset, it's really tough to overcome. Like, yeah, but even, yeah, people, even, yeah. even when you think of a streaming service, like it's the same concept that you're just renting this shit, but we have all the episodes of friends and new Batman content coming. Like there's some kind of, pro- there was none of that. And, and the one thing I think you, I, I think Google expected us to like the average person to care about the one thing that they did. Well, they got big players in the games industry. Like most of the big publishers, third-party publishers to publish almost day and date on their platform, which Mm -hmm. is not easy to do. So so that's, that was my last point. And I don't know how much of this I can, I can talk about, but you know, they're, they're no longer a going concern, but like in theory, when you looked at Stadia, you're like, Oh, so you should be able to kind of just run the PC version of your game on, on this platform. Right. In in fact, it required some work. It did. Re- they did require certain things to happen to those games to be able to run mm-hmm. on Stadia, and that takes resources and time from publishers and developers. And it's right. like, hey, unproven platform, and now you're making us do extra work to get it on your platform. Like, mm, uh, this, this, you know, it, it 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 really was just creating challenges that they should have overcome. They should have thought of ways to address those challenges before mm-hmm. launching the product, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Right? They, they just weren't be. ready. Well, it's also. Been like a no- a no, no, a no-brainer deliverable you could give to Google yeah. in addition to your other publishing partners. There's yeah. also yeah. something you guys haven't mentioned yet. Uh, the first time I saw Stadia running, it was on a phone, and but mm. this service that would work on any browser on pretty much any PC 
right. would only work at first on Google Pixel phones specifically, I, and I, I think they they expanded that out to other like a handful no, of other remember, types of Android iPhone was, phones. iPhone was kind of blocking the same Xbox technology. They don't want yeah. you, an, an, you to have the ability to play games that they don't get paid for. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like even once it was expanded to other Android phones, the uh, mm. the selection that, of compatible models was still kind of limited. Um, really? Yeah. Did it ever get to the iPhone? Samsung? No. I think wow. I think there were ways to kind of like if you knew workarounds, you could get it working on you an iPhone. play it in Safari. Well, I think, I think in, yeah, you, you would load it in a web browser. Yeah, but. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah, I mean that's. So I think that's how. And there was a Stadia uh, that's how Microsoft for, did the streaming thing for iPhone, but it was, it was just for like managing your account. Oh yes. really? Oh yeah, managing well, my 16 games I've had mm-hmm. for a year yeah. and haven't touched. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it was like at the time we all kind of were like, hey, this could go one of two ways. Like this could be industry changing, mm-hmm. or yes, this could be a novelty. And like, I think where we're netting out, at least for now, is like. Right now, streaming is just sort of a value add that Microsoft adds to Game Pass. It's like, hey, this is this thing you can do if you have Game Pass Ultimate, but it's not enough of a service to justify it. just being on its own, right? Yeah, and I and I and I've only used the Xbox the Xbox it's, stuff like a few times. I ironically, I, I I had the same issues with the PSP when it came out because it was like it was offering me the gameplay I play on my couch, but like. I kind of get in a zone to do that. Like when I'm playing something on a DS, it's like kind of optimized short bursts. You can stop and start whenever you want. You're not like in the middle of a 45 minute cutscene mm-hmm. that is killing your battery for some reason. And yeah. it's, that, it's <laughs> spinning constantly off that disc. But yeah, yeah. Got to play that. Got to play two episodes of Viva La Bam mm-hmm. every day on my train ride. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one other important factor I don't think we've ever talked about in this show, or maybe we did when it was first announced, is like. Hmm. You guys probably remember when Microsoft first announced the Xbox, everyone is like, what, what is the office people doing getting into games, right? Like, the fact that it was Google, this, like, it's a known tech company, but a very kind of, you know, corporate, you know, not an entertainment company, right? Like, you don't think entertainment, you don't think of Google first, or even top 10, really, right? Clearly, like, you don't listen to the show in the Google Play Store. Man, I hate optimizing podcasts to go there. God. But it, it took Microsoft a shit ton of money and yeah. effort and just time and years to overcome that perception before it sort of now. It's just like, it's actually the Xbox brand, and that's why they have this separate, like, Xbox brand. And But, but I think Google could never kind of shake that as like, well, what? you're not a gaming company. Like, what? you know, you're a tech company. Like, what are, what are you doing I, in this space? I would speculate, and I had to learn all about this for dumb reasons. The idea for Stadia probably came about because Google, somewhere in its, I would say, probably most evil part of its brain, it does want to be the deliverer of internet and has, in certain cases, provided internets for internets for entire towns. There are yes. monopolistic money horse shit that is preventing them from offering internet, but I think that was part of their plan. Like, maybe, maybe within the last five to ten years... So the idea, if they're selling people your internet, they they probably wanted to sell you a service that was required, uh, that that really benefited from that fast Google internet. Because there have been plans for Google to build fi- build out fiber several times, and they get swatted down by capitalistic monopoly. I get it. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. you don't want to buy a 4K TV if there's no 4K content. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah, you need, yeah, you yeah. need some reason to justify those faster internet connections. And yeah, every time they started talking about 4K visuals and like. Dude, you are going to need fast internet. I on my Comcast maxed out internet, I could not stream a 4K movie. 
like consistently. So like, how the fuck are you going to deliver this gameplay? This is the largest internet provider in the country. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So like, and I think I, I think um, for it's the same reason like I don't PC game. I know I can get I can get a couple extra frames out of, <laughs> out of my games. I just how much how many extra steps do I want to take? Anyway, Stadia, I, I think shouldn't have failed, but was not ahead of its time enough. And yeah, I think Google really wussed out at the end of the day, and and they should have they should have lost a ton of money for a generation to defeat every other gaming uh, stream. Because there's tons of gaming streaming services now, or there will be. Yeah, I mean, Amazon Luna is still going strong. Yeah, um, yeah. strong. <laughs> Sony Sony has one, Xbox has one, you know. Yeah, but again, to me, it's, it's still a novelty, and I'm home too much, and I just don't see the point of playing a lavish, big new game on my phone. Google did have one of the most played video games of all time, though. The Katamari, uh, uh, <laughs> well, the the Pac-Man Google Doodle, Google Doodle, which yeah. which had oh, about yeah. a billion players, a billion wow, people really? interacted with that thing. Yeah, because it's just sitting on the front page of Google. And what are you going to do? Did you not, not see the Katamari Pac-Man? one last week? It was it was amazing. I heard about it, but it wasn't yeah, showing it was up on neat. the front page. So I didn't. I mean, by that token, the 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 Chrome dinosaur game probably has like a trillion plays or something. Mm. Right? Like when your internet's down and true. thing where it's this running through the desert. Nothing beats Minesweeper in terms of. Minesweeper is fucking amazing. It's a good game. Pretty great. Yeah. All right. Well, for talking about Minesweeper, well, it's time to go out on a high note for Stadia. Stadia is only the newest, most logic-defined, mind-bending, absurd gaming platform on Earth. Forget boxes. Forget consoles. Just your games, your screens, and electric air. And this electric air is Stadia. Unlike consoles, Stadia doesn't take up any space. It makes no noise. It has no smell. Watch. Go find Stadia, boy. Don't worry. You'll never find it. Uh, spoilers later in the trailer, he does find it. Uh, <laughs> but classic marketing mistakes solving a problem no one has. Are there that many people complaining about how much room their consoles are taking up on their fucking shelves? No. Nobody is. That's yeah, not, a, that's like not that, a real that problem. Living Ikea ad asshole who, like, I don't want wires in the behind my tv i just can't stand it oh <laughs> idiots ah. well <laughs> Give let's, me all the wire let's move along to number three in the beginning there was nothing and then there was life Oh, by the way, give it away there at the end. The ad that is one of my favorite ads I've ever seen in my life. It is really cool. It's it's amazing. It's the best thing to come out of. Is that what's the what's the third on the list? So third on the list is uh, decided to combine a couple that we were talking about. That was an ad for the PlayStation Classic, the uh, mini console that Sony released in 2018 and then was. Selling for as low as twenty bucks by twenty nineteen, and discontinued. Uh, you know, they they clearly wanted like you know join the party that Nintendo and Sega and Turbo Graphics were having, and it did not pan out well. For even them. even SNK got a, like I I mm-hmm. still have on my I had I was going to build a shelf for these mini consoles <laughs> because yeah. they're the, the mini console craze I liked because they were great. 
<clears throat> emulators once you broke them open and almost all of them you could dump the entire library inside of and it looks like the thing it's compact you get an hdmi splitter you have yourself a great little time classic game station never got around to it but mm. sony was the last of the party and every and, and i think with a with with a library that big uh and so much of it being third party you had to disappoint people but i think the actual yeah. list of games was great yeah, I think the problem wasn't necessarily the games. Well, yep. anything it, like it that. Was it was also like the versions of the games specifically. The, 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 the one that, that I heard too. specifically yeah. was it's the PAL version of Tekken Three, which runs at fifty FPS, and that yes. looks really weird on TVs that do sixty FPS because British TVs are fifty hertz, and right. so that's why they do that. But here, here's actually what I think the real issue with this console is compared with the others. Mm. All those other mini consoles you mentioned are pixel graphic pixel yeah. art 2d to primarily yeah. 2d uh there's not enough i know that there is kind of a little niche and like you know um indie community that loves this style but not enough people look back you know with nostalgia for playstation one graphics those yeah. games are they, they look very ugly I mean, they just we, have not aged well we you know? knew they were ugly at the time but they just yeah. played really well and they looked cool in motion but uh, mm-hmm. yeah they well it, it also didn't help that like the mini consoles generally were pretty cheap and uh like you know in the 40 to 60 dollar range playstation right. classic came in at, at 99.99 yeah. did it really it did yeah, yeah it was a hundred bucks and uh it's the only one i accidentally picked up twice just because i wow. found two of them for less than 20 over the course of the Damn. last two years but we're not just talking about uh playstation classics we're all classic no. we're also talking about a uh mini console that came in at a lower price point things have been a little different since we got the playstation tv but we're still just like any other family she's doing it again so these were two rare misfires from sony you had the playstation tv which lasted from 2013 to 2016 and it very weirdly makes their their success rate of console launches in the last ten years fifty percent because of oh, wow. PlayStation Classic and PSTV. And PS Classic, I classified to you guys that deserved to fail. This should have succeeded, but the world wasn't ready for it. Yeah, yet. I think this had a messaging problem. But I don't think people knew what this actually I, was because you guys had to explain it to me, and I'm like, oh, I just figured it was one of those like streaming things. Ah, oh, you can you can stream these it, games you own from your library. It could do that. And... It could stream PlayStation 4 games that you like if you had a PS4. I think it had to be on yeah. the same network. Uh but it yep. was also basically just the guts of a Vita, but it also suffered because there were a lot of Vita games that wouldn't work on it. Basically mm-hmm. that weren't whitelisted to work on it because they had stuff like the back touchscreen features that you couldn't replicate oh, on right. a, a a real controller. And so it suffered because of that, but I think it has had a resurgence in the last few years because piracy. Well, people release like whitelisting <laughs> hacks where it's like now all yeah. Vita games will work on it, whether they will actually work or not in terms of controls, whether they're playable or not. Uh, and but also people figuring out like, oh no, this is actually a really good machine for like PS One emulation specifically, um, PSP. Play, playing those games, and it's a way to play them on your TV. And it went from being like you know, 80 bucks 
to you know dropping in price to like you could oh, get yeah. one for less than 20 and then it went up to like 100 and now i think you can find one maybe for like 400 500 it's, yeah, I'm it's crazy. I, I, myself for not having one. Same, same. I was, I could have bought one, and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to use it. I didn't, I never owned a Vita. Although I have a ton of Vita games in my library just because of PlayStation Plus, when they used to have that model of like, hey, make sure you grab both versions of those games to add them to your wow. library. So I, I don't even know where my Vita, and I love, we did not put the Vita on this list because even though it's sold pretty poorly, mm-hmm. I, I really like the system. It, it sold poorly relative to the PSP and the 3DS. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still a big success, I think. Or at least, you know, for a, a handheld. Uh, what, what did we figure it was? Like 14 million, something like Four, that? 14 mil. I mean, it's, yeah, it's little, little more than better than the Wonder Swan. Uh. <laughs> but it's... it's <laughs> well, the Wonder Swan <laughs> never released outside of Japan, I don't think. So. But it's, yeah, it's but, but, 14 mil is not enough for Sony, right? Like so I, for I, Sony, at the time, that's not I thought PSTV, like, this is a great way for people who maybe don't want to take a giant jump into the PlayStation or Vita market to, like, get into PlayStation. An inexpensive way to start experiencing, getting all these experiences on your TV. And yep. it just, I didn't, it didn't occur to me, like, oh, those people? They don't care. <laughs> Maybe they don't need their own product. <laughs> those those people might will probably never be gamers if they've been if they're who is curious enough to check out the PlayStation library but refuses to buy a PlayStation system. But mm-hmm. but for 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 people like us, I was like, well, if I ever fucking get a TV in this room, I'll definitely put a PS TV in here so I'll have access to my because that's still that in and of itself is pretty insane. But the also the idea, and I don't know exactly how this works, whatever the homebrew thing is that, like, the reason why most online gaming stores uh, are, are curated, they're, they're updated, they're protected. Did they abandon the PSTV store? Because the, the homebrew community has sort of gone nuts, and I think you can have access to, like, anything in the store. Is, I, is I one think of the, the, the PSTV store was just the PlayStation store. It's like, it, it worked it, like it, a Vita, where you're... And, and it, it, it even had the Vita's little touch bubble interface, which also I don't but think did it. I could famous. be wrong about this, but I thought it was jailbroken. Like, as in, like, you can just basically go in and grab anything you want from the store. Maybe. Um, and that's. But I mean, even if it isn't, it's still like. It's still home to a bunch of homebrew emulation stuff in a pretty, like, convenient way to have, like,. That generation of gaming in the smallest possible form connected to your largest possible television. It's fucking neat. I wish it was still on sale. So, do you guys know one of the reasons I think this thing, there was a confusion? At the time, PlayStation was getting into the actual TV game. Right. You guys yes. remember what, what PlayStation's TV service was called? Oh, now? No, wait. Yes. Now it was. No, wait. View. PlayStation View. V U E. But it was like the same year, and so there, I was even confused. I'm like, wait, is this is this like a wow. thing to be able to stream PlayStation View to my TV? They like, they couldn't was... call it PSTV because of this. Oh my! Because God. of this, yes, yes. Like Never that. That's that. they. They also didn't really market. You could put Vita like cart. You could or you could put cartridges into this. This thing would play games, not yes. just digital versions of yeah. games, right? Like yeah. there was, like it was a, it was a. Tremendous deal for what you're getting. You're getting yeah. the guts of a Vita for a hundred dollars. The Vita was what three hundred for the whole it system, was like, wasn't it? it was something like it that. was like getting the uh, Super Game Boy player, but not needing a Super Nintendo. Right. 
Yes. yes. And, and uh, I mean, it could use PS4 controllers. It did have to use the same memory cards as the Vita. And if you remember, those were proprietary, proprietary and quite expensive. Yeah. Although I think now with the jailbreaking hacks, you can use... Uh, any like SD memory card of with an adapter. Yeah. God damn it! That oh my god! I'm kicking myself anymore. That was why I didn't buy one because I'm like, oh, I can get this thing for twenty bucks, but I got to buy the memory card for another eighty. Fuck this! It's a terrible value, and I didn't buy it because <laughs> of that stupid reason. Oh ah, well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to remember because like they charge so much for those Vita memory cards mm-hmm. oh, that yeah. they only release them in. S- like smaller than normal memory card capacities. Well, of like how much the they biggest were one was sixty four gigabytes, and that right. was like unless you bought a hundred bucks, and they never drop that price, even when it's just like I can go out and buy a thumb drive with a hundred and twenty eight gigabytes for less than half of what this costs. Yeah, and right. I I think in Japan they had like a hundred twenty eight one for the Vita that I bought. But and, but thank God I think Nintendo learned that lesson from Sony, like because honestly. Mm. It still feels weird to me that the Switch doesn't take proprietary memory, that it's like, oh, yeah. I can just go buy any, any you know, little uh, solid state, little tiny chip thing, like, and the prices are really cheap on those. Like, normally Nintendo would be like, no, here's our thing. You have to buy it, you know, and they, yeah. now they get away. They have branded have seen, versions have you, of those. Have you seen the branded ones in stores? Yeah, they, those cute. those still cost a little bit more, but it's they, like. They cost a little bit more, but it's like, it's not, it's not terribly egregious. And this yeah. one has a. A mushroom you'll never yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> you'll yeah. immediately yeah. bury yeah. it in the you don't need that. system. <laughs> yeah. it, it literally hides behind the fucking kickstand of your yeah. Switch. You'll like never you're never going to see that. You'll never see this. That's why I feel so bad for the design team on Switch carts. Oh my god, those poor assholes. We want you to make a microscopic sticker. Nothing will show up. <laughs> oh, you should try fucking designing art for one of those things. Trust me, as a guy who has to do that quite regularly, it's yeah, like, yeah. what what can we fit on here? The logo. Great, do it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I do. I do have a little uh, explainer thing from a, a trailer that it lays out the functions of the PS TV pretty well. The vast library of games from PlayStation Vita yes. and classics from PS One and PSP systems means there's something for everyone. For families that already have a PlayStation 4 at home, now they can stream remote play-enabled games from their PS4 system to the PlayStation TV. When it's time to turn off the games and settle in for the night, there's an option for that too. Movies, TV shows, and entertainment apps are available to download from PlayStation Store. So confusing. Yeah, you could download or stream movies, but like... Every, but they're leading with the lesser point, features. By this point, ten years ago, like everyone had that in some yes. form already. But also, you notice those are the first two things they called out. You're you're leading with the things that would be at the bottom of your feature list. Like you need to lead with like, hey, this thing fucking plays any video game or mm-hmm. plays video games, almost any. Uh, video game. What what broke yeah. my interest in it was that it didn't play Gravity Rush. Like that's my <laughs> favorite. Vita game, and I would have loved to have played that on a screen at the time, and it didn't work. Oh, yeah. It would look like you were molesting a Roku. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, uh, but they, they were, yeah, pretty good systems in retrospect. I think once you do a bit of tinkering with them, but they did not survive well on the market, especially not the U.S. Yeah. market. Um, and Yeah, Sony, Sony I think I, I always give a little credit for, because that was like in the PSP Go... It was met with all this fucking negativity, and, like, I, I was always, like, sorry, this is where things are going. Mm-hmm. Like, all digital interfaces, this is a good thing. 
uh, I, I have the regular game experience. Like, it, like even now when I think of like I have my dream, like oh man, when I win the lottery and I buy a bunch of OLED TVs for every room in my house, I'll get an Xbox Series X to be a, a S to be a companion piece for my X. That's like three hundred fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. This was a companion piece for all of your Sony stuff. Uh, here, here is here's the most damning thing about this console. This is how much Sony wants you to forget it. Are you guys ready to hear this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The PlayStation TV wasn't even included in Astro's Playroom. That's oh, how no. much Sony does not want to acknowledge oh, wow. this thing. Oh no! It, it that had, that it game included the, everything. It had the eye toy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. It, it had the PS2 hard drive. I mean, that's pretty there. damning that they didn't include yeah. it in that. Because I was trying to remember. I'm like, what? Did that did that not even come out of the Gotcha machine? I guess not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, PlayStation TV was also kind of considered part of a an early 2010s wave of micro consoles or mini consoles, which also included this thing. Number two. I love video games, but more and more people are moving away from the television. There's a lot of focus today on the mobile and web platform. It's easier to develop games for those platforms than the television. costs a lot of money. You have to work with established players in the space. And I've been trying to figure out how do we get them back to it. Yeah, how do we develop games for the television? People are moving away from the television. Uh, Nobody was, again, the problem no one had. They're making up problems at this point. Yeah, this is the OUYA. Um, OUYA! I feel so bad. I I worked I, I, with the twin sister of the not the inventor but the woman who like was Ju- on stage Julie Erman that's that's yeah her. so I worked with her sister Amy at Activision and they're twins like identical twins so oh, it always wow. trips me out when I see those clips um, but yeah so I felt so bad when this thing just did not succeed but there were reasons but it's it, it, it looking at it though like did it maybe did it succeed because it didn't really have like it got it, it, it was. I think the highest crowdfunding effort in Kickstarter history at the time. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, so not, a, you know, they didn't like have a bunch of investor horse shit to have to deal with. It was, I think they were right to, for people, uh, people, there was a desire for something like this. Cause like that our cell phones introduced this incredible new gaming environment, but they were all like locked on these little hand, these eight inch handheld. Yeah. But I think what Ouya and other attempts at these micro consoles taught us is that the reason cell phone games are good is because they're on cell phones. Because that's just a really convenient brick that's always in your pocket. Yeah. You can just take it out and flick around. Like, are, are you going to sit down in front of your TV and fire up a console to play a mobile game? Uh, that was the that was the bet. And, you know, the thinking like, oh, these, these games are just as good. As well, console games, remember it, it's they, clearly they, people who didn't play a lot of those games because, like, those games are designed for a completely different experience—not a four-hour gaming sesh in front of your TV, but it, right? But there was another thing I want to give the Ouya credit for because it, it's sort of like, what do you want to call it—the game jam generation? Like, oh shit, it's never been like easier to get into like making a, a game mm-hmm. and sure. and then yeah. releasing it. And I think one of the things they weren't. T- it's in the pitch, but like certification, it's something even our show only started bringing up recently. Like you can come up with a bomb ass game, but if you lack a quarter of a million dollars, you're not getting it on the PlayStation. It's, it's not free to get on. Yeah. And you're right. I think 
I think the Nindies program from Nintendo would not exist if the Ouyas of the world hadn't had said like, hey, we need to make it easier for indie developers to distribute their games, right? Kind of like the Amazon mm-hmm. model, like anyone can publish a book, some of which might be cited in a trial by one of Trump's lawyers where the judge smacks him down and goes, this guy has no authority. He wrote a fucking Amazon self-published <laughs> ebook. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I mean, but th- that's it's it's also like. This was Nintendo's problem in 1985, like a glut of unchecked, untested right. this and that. But the Ouya didn't seem to have that problem because it seemed to be operating. And here's the biggest credit I'll give it. It is the only console we'll talk about with a great launch game. Like brand new launch game. Which was? What was the game? Towerfall. Oh, yeah. Oh, Towerfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big deal. Towerfall was fucking dope supported eight players out of the box and i think like all you needed was a phone if you remember michael we would go to that barcade in san francisco Mm -hmm. it had an eight player towerfall ouya thing there and it was there was always people around it like it was instantly understandable it it operated under like what would you call it like console gaming mechanics but like arcade logic so like you see the whole screen at the same time everybody gets what's going on everybody sees where everything is Let's do this. Hmm. Uh, I, I, Queen Bee was another one that Kill, I ended Killer up Queen. Arcades. Killer Queen. Killer Queen. Killer Queen. That, yeah, one that came to Switch has eventually. A, has a crowd yeah. around it. Yeah, like, yeah. The Ouya did cool stuff. I really feel like where it failed was trying to get into Best Buy. Like, hmm. they're, well, not only does your, 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 your hardware not look spectacular in any way, these games look like mobile games. Well, trying to get it into Best Buy was part of what engendered some ill will at the beginning because, like, it was a very much a crowdfunded system. And then there were reports of, like, a lot of the crowdfunders were not getting their games because retail mm. shipments were prioritized or not getting the, the consoles. Right. So rather than. Because, yeah. yeah the, the first wave did not go out to the backers. It went out to stores and then the backers got it after it had hit the stores. Yeah. And, Cause you got, you got purchase orders coming in yeah. from Best Buy. You're going to fulfill those versus Joe yeah, Schmo. Like who, who's more liable to sue you or take a, cause Best Buy can just be like, I'm not going to put you on my shelves anymore. Yeah, never yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, I, I haven't, personally handled one i did watch a bunch of videos where people were unboxing them and saying like well the controller build quality is kind of bad it sticks it falls apart easily uh that's not great that's not great no i think honestly though this this console is very similar to another well vaporware console that i don't think we'll ever see the light of day but like this model of like hey we're gonna take these let's call them light games that aren't Mm -hmm. that aren't really heavy downloads you know um they're kind of more indian nature this is the Intellivision Amico yeah. and part of their promise. And like everyone, when we, when we first saw that Intellivision thing, we're like, Oh no, they're just doing the Ouya again. And they think, they think this is going to work for some reason. And like, yeah, they, uh, that thing is not well, the, seeing, that's not going to see the light of day. The Ouya right? never it, had like twin iPod touch controllers. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's and also it was, very it was true. expensive. And I, I want to go off on what Matt has just brought up and I'm hoping in the next entry uh but but i think there was a uh not a vibe but there was like there was a philosophy behind what ouya wanted to do and that was just sort of like make getting and making games and distributing them easier and that was a a philosophy i think a lot of people got behind but what again i i don't want to wag the finger at people who make a grandiose effort like this and follow through with it but like i do love in like the last 10 years like 
crowdfunding is still a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, no, very it's much just so. Like, but I think gamers have learned a lot from that because things they yeah. want to exist, you sort of end up learning through crowdfunding, like this is what the audience is and this is why no major publisher has touched this. Well, it's uh, like and- you, you brought up like this was a huge success crowdfunding. The most successful video game crowdfunding, or at least for its time, was Shenmue 3. And uh, yeah. not published by Sega, by the way. That was Deep Silver that published Shenmue 3. Uh, not responsible for this <laughs> as, a, as a Sega employee. Why? Um, its biggest but, failing uh, was that it was another Shenmue game. <laughs> well, that's it, the thing is like just because – I guess the point I'm trying to make is just because a thing got – was successfully crowdfunded doesn't mean that that audience is big enough to actually sustain a business, yep. right? Or to make yep. a thing a success. It, what, it, what it means is there's a – very dedicated group of fans who are willing to pay some money. And even if, you know, I think Shenmue's crowdfunding was $6 million or something like that. No video game only takes $6 million to build, at yeah. least no AAA well, game, Well, I, I right? think that so. was when, like, you know, word came out that, like, you know, okay, crowdfunded video games are not usually paid for entirely by the crowdfunding. That's kind of just, that's basically collecting pre-orders so they can take that around to investors and say, yeah. look at what it's already made. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly, and, and it's similar it's with Uya. Like they, 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 they use that to show, like, hey, check it out, investors, please invest in this thing. You know, so but that 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 Uya's, I think their their target, their scope was limited. What's that that console? You picked one up, Michael, the one with the crank. Play oh date? yeah, the Playdate. Oh, Playdate. Yeah. Playdate. It's like no one. We wouldn't really regard that as a failed console because, like, its target was like pretty small to begin with, and its and its goals yeah. were minuscule it's, compared to like its target. Kind of seems to be like the people in that "Put a Bird on It" sketch in Portlandia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's a very twee little console, a little little handheld. It's like, yeah, it's fun. It's meant for like these sort of not quite bite sized experiences. A bit bigger than that, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a boutique console. It's an experience. But yeah, I, I think of the Ouya and like the same way I think of like seeing the rise of PAX and GDC. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all these the, the the way to getting into making games is becoming demystified in every conceivable way, except for publishing. Yeah. Well, and and that's what this was here. Yeah, for. Ouya also had it came in with some really big dreams. What if you could push a button? and reset the entire video game industry. With over 600 games free to try, there's something for everyone. Shooters, adventure, retro, even frog flinging, all made for one reason only, and that's to be played. Yeah, they also had that promise that like all games are going to be free, at least to try, and then after a while they stopped requiring publishers to include a demo uh so that that fell through i I think because at the end of the day that was a very hackable system yeah but i i I get the intent here like the thinking was Mm -hmm. look mobile games are way more popular than console games they take they cost a fraction if we can get this onto tvs we will clean the fuck up and then you get them on TVs and you realize like oh mobile games on tvs are a different experience it's not quite the same as playing yeah. it on your phone, uh, and and this this was this was all Android infrastructure, right? Yes, one hundred percent. It was an oh, Android yeah. system. It was it was basically uh, to Android phones what the PlayStation TV was to the Vita. It's it's the guts yeah. without the screen or the the controls. And um, they also had a weird hard on for the idea that games are sixty dollars. <laughs> sixty bucks. 
game sucks. <laughs> they screwed me. It's exactly the same game. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> 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 bucks. Oh, they did it to me again. I could have. So is it, this the thing? It's it's what a very fuck? like '90s liquid television style commercial um, where there's like some guy sitting around in his underwear looking at his copy of Medal of Duty and uh, getting pissed <laughs> off because it's sixty great. bucks. That's a great joke. I could have bought food and but like gets up, vomits so that he's ankle deep in vomit, tears out, reaches into his mouth, tears out his jaw and spine. And beats himself over the head with it until he's squat with like bones and brains sticking out. This sounds amazing. Why did this fail again? That I don't that know. sounds fucking yeah. Dope, that was dude. an awesome commercial, but no. But <laughs> but actually, again, go back to the Amico. That's also one of their big talking points. Is like games are too expensive, and it's like there is somewhere someone did some kind of research study that they've sold to the right people to be like people don't want to pay full price for games and you have to you have to have a system that the game's maximum the cap at 20 or something like which by the way i'm not saying i like expensive games like i i like a deal as much as the next guy mm-hmm. the reason those games are 60 dollars though is their production values are a little bit different than your average 20 game right like I, mean, I would just argue to anyone who lived through the um uh what do you call it pandemic and ordered Grubhub, DoorDash, or Uber Eats for two for one people right. or more. You got way less enjoyment out of that box yes. toy mm-hmm. delivered for over sixty fucking dollars yeah, yeah. Uh, than you do out of I, a Call of Duty game. Jesus you didn't Christ. know Taco Bell could be that expensive until those motherfuckers took over. And if, if, if you needed that PSA, never use those apps. Holy shit! Is yeah. there like eighteen dollars in convenience? Yeah, fees? delivery fee mm-hmm. two ninety nine. Additional fees eighteen ninety nine. It's so. I remember. I remember the first time we went to a restaurant after getting vaccinated and like. Food is thirty dollars. Yeah, for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god! I didn't. I I forgot. This this, this app shit ruined everything. It's it's so, like yeah, a Seinfeld so. sketch where I'm like, convenience fee. How's that different than a delivery fee? Delivery is convenient. It's just like you're you're questioning every <laughs> fucking add on they they put on there. Like anyway. yeah, well, deal with that, Joe Biden. This is why Joe Biden's America's on fire. But yeah, to to make to make like low price games uh, i i get the angle they were going for it just didn't work and people you know i think i was looking at the numbers this can't be accurate but it's a towerfall only sold like seven thousand copies or like Jesus, as of really? when the when the maker of that game reported it right i'm sure lifetime it was more but like the system itself apparently what two hundred thousand units or something like that like that's not enough especially if you have a retail presence you know if, yeah. you, if you're trying to sell at best buys that's not great. and again it was supposed to be pretty good as an emulation machine uh mm-hmm. but then they i think uh last year maybe 2020 no in t- like 2020 i think uh before that they they ended it by selling it off to razor and then uh razor basically really? shut the whole thing down and because you had to log in at the front to to access their store to play anything it basically turned it into a useless brick wow. but there are i guess hacks that will restore functionality and uh like it it has its own storefront that you can download stuff from so uh, it is possible to use an ouya in 2023 if you know what you're doing but uh they sold a razor, huh? Hey, yo, mm-hmm. Chico. Anyone want to play Towerfall? <laughs> I own it now. Yeah. Say hello to the bad game. Yeah. <laughs> Say hello to the bad game. 
Uh, Sorry, every time my Razor Ramon gets host alone. But, oh, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it sits right there. But we should. Uh, it, yeah, but but I think Ouya was a, a valiant effort, and I don't want to consider it in vain. But I remember during this period that Kickstarter era was filled with the idea, like, man, so many of us could be making games for a living if not for the red tape of this whole industry, and like. Part of the reason games make a ton of money is because of what involves this red tape, and when you yeah. you try and bypass that, you end up selling seven thousand copies. That's mm. that's where we're at. Like awareness is a really hard thing to spread, and to to bypass that all those things with the Ouya, I don't know that it was destined to fail, but it needed like politically motivated people to continue to support it for a long time. And like at the end of the day, these are amusements and leisure activities though so what are you gonna do yeah. all right i guess we're just not gonna talk about that name then are we? <laughs> oh oh and i i always forget <laughs> and because, it was named the ouya <laughs> because i only <laughs> saw it once ouya is the buttons Ooh, yeah. are the buttons yes the, oh. the o the O-U-A. y the u the mm-hmm. a those are their triangle circle square mm-hmm. it's hilarious can't wait to hit the u button okay. what the fuck is that uh anyway <laughs> we should you we should wind this down with. This is the arcade experience. We're ColecoVision, and we bring the arcade experience home. With arcade graphics like Donkey Kong with multiple screens, just like the arcade game. Arcade controls, joystick, fire, and jump buttons. Arcade games like Turbo, Cosmic Avenger, Venture with 15 screens. And Saxon, games that let you have the arcade experience. Now you can bring the arcade experience home. Because your vision is our vision. ColecoVision. This isn't actually ColecoVision. I was going to say. I just like playing that commercial. But they were trying to capitalize on the cultural cachet of Coleco with the Coleco Chameleon. Oh, my gosh. Uh, A.K.A. the Retro VGS. And this is an interesting rabbit hole to go down. And, oh. Uh, you know, because it, it, it encompasses the Atari project and the Intellivision project, too. Well, we could we could say, you know, we tried to look at... Uh, some other some some stuff that's vaporware. The Atari project yeah. is very much alive. Like that, it's alive. It's, just it's out there. You can buy it's... one if you if you want to spend three to. We just don't know who would. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but but, but it, this it's... this thing in in yeah. hindsight though, the name itself says enough. Chameleon, I can be anything you want me to be. It's like that's so, it's is. so fucking funny how that name ends up. <laughs> but but I just I, I wanted to bring up the Atari VCS. Which mm-hmm. I know was the old Atari name for the one person who wants mm-hmm. to correct me, uh, and the Amico. That this, these are crowdfunded efforts. That part of the crowdfunding is getting the licensing to this old nostalgia. And like, I feel old talking to you about video games. I am not Gen X and older. Whoever, whoever loves the Atari Coleco and Intellivision brand, they mean nothing to me. I, I bought them. Oh, what are these collections for the PS2 for four bucks? I'll pick that up. Ew, this is what people used to play. <laughs> uh, like, oh, uh, it's people like Tommy Tallarico. Like, ga- games should only be $20 and never have updates. And and well, also no DLC ever, because there's never been such thing as good DLC. That was this. That was the the retro VGS, a.k.a. Was. Coleco Chameleon, which is that games are going to be on cartridges. There, there's not going to be DLC. There's not going to be any updates. But 
the games are going to have to be, you know, modern indie games, which are, you know, are famously extremely stable and never have bugs, <laughs> uh, especially on new hardware. Oh, um, yeah. But the... Uh, the, just ask the crash rate of Newgrounds. Yeah, like, um, but they're the, all optimized well. The the especially and and yeah, physical cartridges also. It would be a harder sell now. Um, oh, but we, we we didn't include the Amico because that story is strangely not over. No, but that, the Atari that VCS, may still happen. It's not officially canceled. You know, oh, it, they got on. the license from whoever the fuck owns Atari to make this. It's like this gorgeous plug and play Atari wood grained Atari system with a hundred pre installed games. I think. Doesn't play Atari. And you 50. can buy you can buy additional ones, right? You can like buy additional games. But most of it is streaming games that you could stream through your phone PC. I have never used AntStream, um, but it, it it gets high marks for being able to stream arcade games well. You can still do. And the so if you go to Atari.com, the actual Atari site, they're like, we have some Atari VCSs for you for non Kickstarter backers while supplies last. That has been there for years. So <laughs> I don't imagine. Three hundred dollar fake Ataris are flying off the shelf. That day. does does that thing actually play cartridge no. like Atari carts? No, no, it even has a fucking pro controller if you buy yeah. the bundle. But again, not talking about the Atari. We're talking here. about the the Coleco, but just Coleco and television and Atari. No, 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 because I specifically researched this one. Oh no, I went and I this, went way up the deep end with this this the Coleco brand. You, we're talking Christ. chameleon. We're chameleon, talking chameleon specifically. And, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Coleco so, chameleon. Yes. So. This was a system, it, it raised some money on Kickstarter, but Kickstarter apparently has a rule where at some point you have to have proof of a prototype, prototype mm-hmm. and they were not ready to provide it. So they moved to Indiegogo, raised like, you know, 81,000 something or other. And there's not a lot, like the creators of this thing seems to have like scrubbed as much as they can of it from the internet. The Indiegogo yeah. store mm-hmm. is still, or, or page is still there. The videos are gone. Somebody did repost one of these videos with the hardware oh, so engineer. Hi, I'm John Carlson. Welcome to the Retro VGS Lab. Before now, we've been very shy about demonstrating a prototype because we've already invested a lot of our own personal time and money into this project. And we want to make sure that we protect our investment by patenting as many of the inventions as we possibly can. <laughs> so the patent process is expensive and time consuming. Some of you may also be aware that premature public disclosure of inventions can lead to a loss of patent rights. If you're not, a quick web search should bring you up to speed. With that said, what I'm going to show you now is a very stripped-down version of our retro VGS prototype. Yes, very stripped down. Uh, did that motherfucker just tell me to Google it and again, on the I, video? I don't, like... yeah, I don't want to sound cynical, but this is... Part of the reason why Kickstarter isn't totally ingrained in our lives anymore because there are a bunch of people like, we could totally do this. Mm. Why does it take $20 million to launch a console? We can do it for 1.5. Yeah. And then, like, hey, guys, I just discovered patents. Yeah. I, I, I only just discovered <laughs> yeah. patents, and I might have to pay licensing fees for people for things I might be stealing to put on this machine. Not, not to bring up again another thing that's not this console, but I'm seeing mistakes again. So, again, the Amico. Yep. One of the big selling points of this, this retro VCS, which only got that name because they lost the Coleco license. Like the Coleco no, it, it was holder. originally the retro VGS. Then they got the Coleco license and it became the Coleco Chameleon. That, and then, then they, that lost is, they, the most, they lost it after a very well-publicized event. But, yes. But, but, but so the, one of the big selling points was 
we we you can't you won't be able to patch the game. Right. You got to yes. ship it. And it's got to be done. Which which is another like what the who fuck? Wants like, that? Th- who wants games to not be fixed? People who complain about constant patches, but it's like we've gotten to the point where you can set that up to happen automatically yeah, when you're not you even sleep. looking at the system. Yeah, who cares? Uh, but the or tell it not I, I to was, because you want to continue to exploit a glitch from Zelda Tears was, of the Kingdom. And I was more shocked that the company Coleco exists in an even more vague yeah. area than it's, Atari. It's basically just a holding company that yeah, rents yeah, out yeah. the license that somebody wanted the name for because I think mm-hmm. it was like it was like. Tree Branch Management is now Coleco. <laughs> like we bought the Coleco name. Yeah. What What is the history? Wasn't Coleco one of like the big? Was that one owned by like an electronics manufacturer back in the day? Like that that was their console, well, it, or was Coleco just always original? No, it began as the Connecticut Leather Company. Leather in the, Company. Nineteen thirties. Right. Yeah, it yeah, became. Yeah. It was like a big, big toy manufacturer in the eighties. Cabbage Patch. Uh, they, they did yeah, Cabbage Patch. They did Cabbage Patch. I, I was about to say Teddy Rexpin, but that was Worlds of Wonder. Uh, but that was Worlds of yeah, Wonder. Yeah, Cabbage right. Patch and the ColecoVision were the, two of their biggest things in the early 80s. And then they, they folded, I think, in the 90s, and uh, now they're just, just a holding company that licenses out the name. But They, they uh, literally bought a dead name to stick it on yes. a, a completely irrelevant brand. And because the, this retro chameleon got all this attention uh they were managed to be able to worm their way into the Kalika. like yeah license our name mm-hmm. this should be fun <laughs> but it was this was like the brainchild of like the, the guy who owned uh the retro magazine at the time yeah that's which, right which had a bunch of like you know splintered off from mainstream games journalism and you know had a bunch of and lives in a bubble where like of course mm-hmm. everybody wants this everyone i talk to of expresses course the need for the chameleon all day yeah so they they came up with this idea for their dream console which was going to be this retro and indie well it's first i think it was it had feature creep it was first going to be just retro and then it's just going to be okay retro and indie games and now it's indie games and I think maybe I forget if it was this or one of the other ones where like the retro playable stuff became a stretch goal. Like, why is that a stretch goal now? That's weird. Isn't a this further a further stretch goal? Re- it's gonna it's gonna run God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, isn't this like the, this thing's whole reason for existing? And uh, but they they were under increasing pressure to show off a prototype, and so at this toy fair event, infamous, they they had a console, and and basically it's you know. An Atari Jaguar shell that they were rebranding and reusing to save money. We can save money by using this existing console mold, and it has retro vibes. I'm like, exactly. you think the Jaguar has retro vibes that anyone is chasing after? All right. right. Even even the Jaguar cartridges with that weird little roll bar handle. So the Coleco... Uh, Chameleon was going to look like a fucking Jaguar. (laughs) It's so hilarious. And it doesn't end from there. It keeps and going. So, so uh, and and they were showing it off, and it was playing Super Nintendo games pretty well. And somebody photographed the back of the unit, and they said, "Hey, mm-hmm. the places where these cables are coming out correspond exactly no, to wait. a Super Nintendo Junior." This is well, the mini. This is the, the funny thing. Was so the guy heading up all this is using it. This employing some tech guy, and he. He he did an interview. He's like, so yeah, the tech guy. T- I, yeah, had the prototype and it's running. Um, don't let anybody photograph the back. And like, why? Yeah. Like, people want it. Like, why wouldn't I? Why would I? Okay. Like, I, he's like, I just took his word for it. And when people asked to photograph the back, I'm like, sure, fuck it, cool. 
uh, and he had no idea. And then once he, <laughs> once people photographed the back, they noticed it was a retail Kmart accessible Super Nintendo Mini inside. Not, not Mini. It was it was like the second rev, the the smaller. It, I think it was called the Junior, the SNES. Junior, okay, I, but, yeah. I know they're different. I just thought I yeah. ended up confirming it was a Mini at some point, but I could be wrong. But either way, it was no. This was all before the mini it was came stolen. Out. Yeah, yeah. It was Always. stolen guts. Mm-hmm. Very noticeable that like this is not a real thing. They, they shoved Super Nintendo guts in there, and the CEO was like, "Oh, I didn't know. A guy handed it to me and told me not to. Yeah, like you said, let anyone look at the back." And people were like, "Really?" Because you know that that story seems kind of sus to me because like you didn't notice. When you started it up and it didn't like load up with your proprietary OS or anything. Uh, well, that's, I mean, again, I'm trying to be nice here. That's how in over the over his head this guy was. Mm. And he managed to make something that was successful enough to capture the attention of Coleco. And then had to, probably didn't foresee any of these standards when he tried to make his dream console. Um, and that was... And then they brought it out again a few months later. Here we go, guys, running on the real deal guts. And this guy knows so little. He, again, he says, same tech guy mm-hmm. at like a CES convention. And it's, it, by the way, it's for some reason like, yeah, we're so proud of it. It's going to run in a clear case. Yep. A clear Atari Jaguar case. And then most people at CES are like, that's a capture. <laughs> That's a direct yeah, a, capture card. A PC capture card. <laughs> the running out an HDMI signal. This is not a playable game system. And the guy didn't know. He didn't know at all. He didn't know to question yeah. his tech guy. Oh, it, was, it was the same guy from last time who <laughs> lied to me before. And I trustworthy just believed fellow. him. Yeah, and, and apparently he has never named this person publicly. Like Nobody knows who this mystery man is. Which doesn't make it shadier at all. No. And but you know, I I can I can totally see like, look, you thought you could fake it till you make it. Like, if we just show something, then we can raise the money to make a real thing. That's called fraud. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's it's a reason why like this might have been better suited for like the fucking Etsy store because if you're mass marketing something based on any existing component, being you're going to have to license that, and that's something they clearly didn't factor in at all. Of course, you can make a little Coleco machine that plays those games. Of course you can yep. do that. Whose parts are you using? Uh, like, mm-hmm. are did you license those games? None of that seemed to be, a, it all seemed to be an afterthought. <laughs> it's just so silly. Yeah. And, and, and let's think... so years long saga. <laughs> of just, yep. Again, we're not Coleco fans, but I'm just imagine if you were like constant disappointments. This... Yeah. Well, 2015 to 2016, I guess, was the the window that this thing existed in. And yeah, after those two fiascos, uh, Coleco pulled out and they said, we're no longer associated with them. And then I read the letter. It was so nice. We love it. We wish them the best of luck. Didn't Uh shit on them at all, even though like, dude, get the fuck out of here. The house is on fire. (laughs) Go run. Yeah. And by the way, it's not just Coleco. Like it, the thing is, they were they were trying to use this name, but the the confusing thing was it was always marketed as like we can run a variety of 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 uh, games from different systems, like Atari mm-hmm. games and stuff like that. I'm like, wait, 
what the hell is this thing? Yeah. And, and it, Why does it need when, proprietary when you, when you, hardware? Why don't you just like put in some off the shelf like FPGA or Android? They sell Raspberry Pis at Target. Yeah. For well, FPGA was their stretch goal, like we said. That was what's mm-hmm. hilarious. And the, the fact that like at one point the price was 150, then they're like, oh, um, we actually need 350 dollars. It's like you're just <laughs> making shit up. It's obvious you're just making shit up. Yeah. It's so, it's like a Simpsons episode. Like this whole thing is just like, yeah, this would have been the pl- this is the fucking monorail episode, basically. Yeah, this it's, is it's available now for Kickstarter backers and people who don't Google the price of a Switch OLED <laughs> and rubes. It's just like the <laughs> rube. not not, not rube, even, but like again, not to be mean, but like. Sad people. <laughs> I can't imagine being into, so into games and you somehow stop caring after Coleco. Chris, like, let I, me be the only person after Bugs Bunny to use the expression "rube" publicly, please, yes. for the love of God. A real, it's, a real, a real ham and egg. What a maroon! A real, a real ham and egg maroon. <laughs> like who the fuck? Like like this is a this is meant to be a limited audience thing. Anybody who how does he? As a marketing even, person, even, Matt. did we did we mention not not just was the it's like the shell was the red was a Jaguar shell? He was going to use like for the controller repurpose yes. like a, a pro Wii controller yeah, as yeah. a repurpose thing. So everything about this was duct taped together I, from, from like. Yeah, other I think it was shit. the Wii U Pro controller with that uniquely yes, yes. annoying configuration of thumbsticks. But it, like, as 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 a uh, marketing person, like. I remember when I worked on DuckTales Remastered, and I'd travel around the country, and I'd talk to people, oh, DuckTales game. You're making a new DuckTales game? My whole life has been making people aware of the DuckTales game, and I hear I meet a person who cares the most, and I can't reach him at all. It was weird. A weird feeling. How do you... How do you even reach people who only care about Coleco? What are they reading fucking Polygon every day? Like, like, (laughs) how do you... Well, I mean, one one of the places is... Where he eventually Atari got outed, age. it was I think Atari Age, yeah. yeah, Atari Age is where they noticed that capture card thing, right? Which isn't, ironically enough, isn't that also the, the form that yes! booted? Uh, it's given Tommy, Tommy Tallarico, <laughs> like they banned him from the Atari. And I age love Atari Age, so I'm not shitting on it, but it is give, it has been given outweighed importance in several of these scandals. <laughs> where Tommy Tallarico goes to yell every day, goddamn 4K textures, just show me a block. <laughs> it's right up there with like Walter Day and whatever that organization was called that was made famous by the King of Kongs. It is like that's that's not a real just, thing. A lot of it's just hard for I me. Mean, people, to like, yes, it's a real thing. It's just not mass awareness. You, you bring it over to to film fans. Like I like a boom mic falling into the shot. I liked things before they had sound. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Like, like what? who makes the product for you? <laughs> like, maybe Mel Brooks once. Uh, also thinking like back to that video that I played the clip of where he's like, I'm going to show you our prototype now. Like, so it's, it's just the shell sitting next to him. And like, there's like a soldering iron to his left and a CRTV to CRT TV to his right. He's not hooking it up. He's just saying like, well, you could see the power supply is external and uh, the final model will be like a laptop power supply. And, uh, you know, we're using oh these God. chips to move things around on the screen. Like at no point does he plug it in or demonstrate it. He's just like, you know, describing basic features of electronics and then it's that's it because that's how did this guy not hold a trump cabinet position honestly this shit is like next to trump's health plan like hey it's coming in two weeks this prototype coming in two weeks we're gonna do it but they voted me out of office so i now i can't i can't (laughs) do it anymore sorry uh like but here's the only reason i i criticize this more 
because of my arcade hackery, I have built several of these. Several. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. And But I've done that. It's inexcusable that he couldn't, after getting caught once, it took him that long to not be able to do it again. I'm, it's like, you could just hire a passable technician right. and he can build what I'm you've been idiot. promising. Like, it, But there's plenty of open source stuff out there you could use license-free yeah. to have made this possible even in 2016. And Yes. What the fuck? What the absolute fuck? Like, uh, like if... I, I feel like if I wasn't, if I had been smart enough to think to to fleece the world like this, I would have gone gone out much better than this guy. Right. Oh, yeah. the, the, these snake oil salesmen have always existed. I, I, but I, think very, I, don't, rarely... I don't consider him a snake oil. Sa- I just think in over his head. I do. He lied. He lied. He didn't repeatedly. know what like he would that's... eventually need to lie about. In in like in in, in what? Okay. <laughs> He got in over his I, head. I know what you're saying. He's, he got in over his yes. head. It's like whenever I hear anybody yes. like yelling about Joe Rogan, like, yeah, he's a moron who got in over his head. I don't think his goals are nefarious. He didn't ask to be the most listened to podcast. He didn't he even says all the time, like, I hate my opinions. <laughs> I didn't expect them to be taken so seriously. He's a, he's a maroon in over his head, such mm-hmm. as the kid chameleon, let's call him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Anyway, this has been a very long top five. We should wrap this up. Sorry, uh, that's okay. well, we gave them their due. They're dead. Yeah. They're 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 failed consoles. Yeah, they're they, dead. They deserve Michael, to show be some respect. Spoken about. I won't. Yeah, Jesus. Show, show some respect. Well, dance like on a Michael graves. posing in front of the gravestone. That meme. It's just a picture of Michael doing that. Uh-huh. Meme. And, and, yep. and, 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 and a funny uh, thing about Michael, I just want to say while the mics are rolling, that Michael has an on live controller that someone at work was throwing away after that service. Yes. He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and an on live deck. And by the way, these are things that brick. he yeah. obtained them when they couldn't possibly be used. Nope. <laughs> I, I I took it knowing full well, like, this is nothing but a, a piece, a museum piece to add to my collection. Mm-hmm. I'm so upset I didn't get to talk about my Phantom lap board mm. that I didn't actually buy, but would have been great <laughs> ah, to man, own. the Phantom. What a terrible I mean, because that's, that's classic vaporware that, mm-hmm. like, I love, though, I love that. No, they released a thing. It was a lap board. Yeah. Nobody yeah, bought it, one. And then, <laughs> It, it's it's fun. To, I wanted to do this just because, like, that Ouya thing reminded me of ten years worth of kickstarted projects and so many kickstarted projects that I even funded. That like this guy just fucking picture of him driving a pickup truck to Tahiti. Like he's gone. Like, the, <laughs> I'll never see this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end of Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Like this guy, yeah. it's a be- <laughs> his, his, The last update on here just says "Say Wataneo." Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ouya was here. This carved, carved into the annals. <laughs> All right, let's let's wind this thing down. That has been our top five failed consoles of the past ten years. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some news, some new releases, some other stuff, so stay tuned. Seems I've lost this battle, the war has just begun, my pink flamingos will outlive everyone. Yeah, my pink flamingos will outlive everyone. And they never Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? 
then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Let me see Alan over here to yeah. tell me more about not only a trip to Japan, the, the most recent person I know to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, biggest, bestest, most expensive Disney theme park in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Most expensively built, maybe not to visit right now with the strength of the dollar. Hey, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Tokyo Disney Sea twice to the point where, okay. ask me if I'd go again. Would you go again, Chris? I don't know that I would. That place has three hour lines for everything. Well, the thing that I did, because the ticket, you know, with the with the conversion rate and stuff like that, the, the ticket itself to the park was only $70. Damn, really? Which, which is like half as expensive as Disneyland. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we're going to launch straight into... Didn't feel like doing a joke because the first segment was long enough. Uh, Sonic Origins Plus is out! Holy it, shit! It is. It is. It, it happened. It the came wait out. is over. Um, yeah, sure. If you've been wanting to play uh, Amy Rose in a classic mm. Sonic game, Hell certainly. Yeah. So yeah, Sonic Origins Plus worked on this title. Caveat, I work for Sega. Um, it's out. It is, if you already own Sonic Origins, you can get all of the new stuff for 10 bucks, basically. Uh, which gets you playable Amy Rose in, in all four of the main classic Sonic games. Uh, you can now play as Knuckles in Sonic CD, complete with level paths uh, tailored to his powers. Uh, and then and it has um, all of the Sonic Game Gear games that ever came out. Uh, well, technically not all. One of those games is a compilation game of two games. We didn't include the compilation because the two games are already in there, but you know what I'm saying. I so know. It's, it's, but, but behind the scenes, I believe Matt said, like, we should have been able to say all the Sonic games, Game Gear games are on here, but because that's one dumb thing, we got to say it's 16 a Sonic games. But so, it, well, yeah, well, no, it's it's 12, 12 Game Gear games in addition to the four games in base Origins. Wow. So you get sixteen games in this collection. All four. If you if you don't own Origins, you can buy everything for it's forty bucks total. If you already own, own Origins, it's ten bucks for the upgrade. Yeah. Like it's a pretty good deal. And I, I loved Origins. And, I mean, 12 games, especially, like, uh, if you're like me, I don't have any... I love Sonic, and I don't have any familiarity with any of these games that have really not been released uh, anywhere that I could easily plug into my television ever, I don't think. Yeah, if you if you were one of those people like me, like, I never owned a Game Gear growing up. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a curiosity, and it was like, wow, I wish I had the... I mean, the commercials worked on me, right? Like, the Game Boy was black and white, Game Gear was full color, and it's like, yeah, if you've mm. always wanted to try those I games, did. they're all here, uh, and, you know, but the um, it's it's all uh, what was, you know, what was for the, less, than, less than a dollar a game. What was the you know, mode? If you think the, of it that the, way. the highlight of the Sonic Origins original package was that, like, NES Remix mode, like, here's a unique challenge... You could never normally experience. Oh yeah, in a game. I mean, there's there's challenges, there's challenge modes for sure, where it's like, yeah, you, yeah, you know, try to try to 
finish this boss in under this time or try to do this certain thing in this level. So Sometimes that, like that finish this cool. without me, jumping. <laughs> yeah. For me, the highlight was the, the ability to play through all the games back to back to back. Which um, I did for the first time in years. I, and yeah. My biggest concern with this was, Matt, I have 100% of the achievements. Now I don't. <laughs> it does well. It doesn't wipe out any of those, obviously. You know, because the plus stuff's an add-on. But my so percentages. Go. I gotta. Go, I gotta tear through all these weird. Some of them very weird. Sonic. <laughs> Sonic game. Oh yeah, games. you do. Get those. So bad yeah, nicks. if you if you're into classic Sonic uh, and you just can't wait for Sonic Superstars hey. later this year, mm. uh, and you want to play the actual classic games from back in the day. This is, you know, to me at least, the definitive way, the best way to do that. And it's all together for 40 bucks or 10 bucks if you already own Origins. So check it out. I, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, pleasant surprise was Aliens Dark Descent, which is yes. not not an amnesia game, uh, but is actually, <laughs> it's, it's technically an RTS. But my impression playing it was like, this is basically XCOM if it were in real time. And rather than cover mechanics, you have to, you have a squad of Marines that moves as a single unit, and uh, you have to worry about making noises that will alert aliens that show up on your motion tracker. Maybe you want to stay hidden so as not to uh, clue them into your presence and possibly bring a whole hive down mm. on your head. Uh, yeah. when, when you get into firefights, you can like, you know, command your Marines, like lay down, suppressing fire that will slow the advancing aliens. And then as the aliens get closer, you have to like slowly back away because when they die, they will spray acid all over the place and wound your Marines. Uh, and it's, it's really dark and kind of tense and there's a definite horror vibe to it where you like. You know, you're you're going into unknown areas like XCOM and kind of clearing away this fog of war and discovering danger, trying to rescue colonists, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once you're done there, you go back to base, and uh, then you you know it's it's again very XCOM where it's like now I'm going to visit the workshop and have them manufacture some pulse rifles, and now I'm going to go to the medical bay and get this person some treatment, stuff like that. And you're, you when Bill, you're Bill Pax and some Kleenex. Yeah, when your squad steps into view, it it is exactly XCOM. Like, oh, I'm looking at these four guys. They're looking at, at it into the camera, out at me, and uh, you know, when space marines are meant to be fodder, you're not meant to, to, to yeah. grow attached. Exactly, to those don't don't right? get attached. Yeah, because uh, uh, what was what intrigued me though? You're talking XCOM, but the XCOM's all turn based, so it's it's in real time. So it's almost like XCOM meets Pikmin. Right, like it's like this RTS light because it's up close. It's not huge armies you're commanding. It's like a little squad at one time. Yeah, a little bit. Like if you weren't, you know, you're not growing it to a bunch of marines. It's just a small fire team. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And you you do have a uh, an APC like an armored personnel carrier that can, depending on where you are, you can you can order it to move around. Like come to this location, and then like you find a survivor, you can bundle them into it or. You can get fire support mm. from it, whatever. It's, it's is, is this a full price neat. game or is this uh, is this full sixty? I guess full price. I need to clarify. I guess full price can mean seventy nowadays. So. Yeah, and I I just want to highlight it as the absolute weirdest announcement in Disney's D twenty three gaming showcase. Oh no, it's That's only right. it's only forty. It's only forty. Wow. So okay. But it, yeah. it, just just watching that Disney streaming showcase and like here's a Marvel game, Star Wars, 
Like, we've all come to accept that as a Disney thing, and then they throw out Xenomorphs, and like, shit, it's the acquisition we don't talk about enough. <laughs> Uncle Mickey is yeah, in control of every right. part, part of Fox. Does. That's true. Yeah. It's true. What the hell is Gal Guardians? Do you so, purge? Gal Guardians is apparently an offshoot of the Gal Gun series, which I'm oh. only mildly familiar with. And I was like looking at screenshots of it earlier today, and it's like, this looks like one of those Japanese games that it's it's PG-13 porn, basically. Like, this has all the, the visual trappings of pornography, except you're not actually showing any sex or boobs or nudity or anything. It's just like, oh, the schoolgirl got stuck in a window, and now her bottom's taking up most of the view, stuff oh, like that. you're such a naughty girl. I'll teach yeah. you to never do this again. Exactly. But this... Is not like those. This is a okay. 2D Metroidvania that borrows heavily from Symphony of the Night. Uh, hmm. And the main characters you're playing is these two sisters who are demon hunters, and you can switch between them. The older one, Shinobu, has bigger life bar and uh, has Uzis with unlimited ammo. You you have to like reload every so often. And then the other one uh, is... Her Shinobuzis, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shinobu sees. Nice. <laughs> the other one, I've already forgotten her name, but she's smaller, but she's melee focused and uh, can do a lot of damage up close. And she can also crouch and get through tight places. Um, so it's it's neat. It's fun. If you're looking for a new pixel art Metroidvania, you might want to oh. take a look at it. If you like that record of Lodos War, Deedlitz yeah. Labyrinth, and, and wants yeah. another I don't, one of those. I don't think it's quite on that level, but what I've played yeah. so far is pretty good. Okay. Uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope got its second DLC today, uh, which was shown off during the Nintendo Direct, and they did that thing I love where like they show it off and it's like, and it's out now! And Go it's buy out. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um the it introduces a new world and you're you're going after Curse's last Spark Hunter, and it's I think a bit more substantial than the previous DLC, the the Tower of Doom. Uh and uh, I haven't I haven't actually had a chance to play this, but it looks cool. Full disclosure, I do work for its publisher, Ubisoft. Um, and Crash Team Rumble, I think I saw a trailer for this, but I know next to nothing about it. It's a Crash MOBA, baby. Cromoba. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Crash, uh, Crash yeah. Team Mobile. It's it's it is a real game, a real crash game that came out, and it's all right. It's kind of like how there's a Pokemon MOBA that we don't ever talk about on this show that apparently has a ton of players, you know. So. It's like right. that. Is that Pokemon Unite? That's that. That's called. Maybe. So yeah, this exists. It, it is a. It's a retail product. You had to pay pay up front for this. Um, it's not what I'm looking for in Crash Bandicoot games. But um, yeah, if you're really in love with those characters, and uh, you want don't, to you know, play a Crash game and think like, man, I can't wait to get my DPS up. That's, that's yeah, the thing, exactly. Right? Yeah. I can't. I, I can't wait to be jungling here in these jungles of Crash. <laughs> like, uh, that's a, that's a MOBA term, right? Jungling. More dots. Know. More um, dots. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. That. Yeah. More more dot damage over time. I know what that is. I played well. Um, yeah. Not. We'll see. I don't know. Haven't heard much about this. This, to be honest. So. About a game I have heard a ton about that none of us have played yet is yeah. Final Fantasy 16, which we'll have more we've thoughts on yeah. next Zama. week. Or? We've we've played the demo, but everybody's played the demo. Um, if you want to, everyone who owns a PS5. Yeah, that's true. If you want to hear more of our thoughts about it, we talked about it last week. But um, yeah, a quick recap: it's very action focused. Um, what is available in the demo is like a series of very 
linear action corridors, basically. And I, my understanding is that it opens up considerably later on. It is getting rave reviews from people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm hearing the story praised, the action praised. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to check it out for myself and see like, is, does this really feel like a fan final fantasy game? Can it just be pure action and still feel like a numbered final fantasy? Uh, they've done enough of them. They've done, they, yeah. uh, it, it, that's, I think the point I was trying to make last time is like, Hey man, final fantasy has been doing action for a while now. I don't know what it means that this is more actiony, but like, it's not, if you're, if you want turn-based, there's, those yeah, games exist. But, but to me, exploration is the bigger consideration mm. yeah. than and turn-based this, And this action. is pretty pretty linear from mm-hmm. everything I've read. It's, from it's from what tube. I've seen so far, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. It could be like 13 world. and just all of a sudden open up to become an open-world yeah. game yeah. in the last act. You can go into yeah. Assassin's Creed store for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a fun crossover. It was. Uh, all right. Let's move along to... Even though this is a Hollywood-based news item, I'm not going to do the Hollywood segment. I have Come to be on. unbiased. I'm a Sega employee. I don't want to. I just don't want to do that with my voice right now. Um, so the Knuckles TV show uh, got some additional cast announcements, and boy, this thing is is star-studded. So in addition to starring Idris Elba reprising his role as Knuckles the Echidna, that's a pretty uh, big get for a TV show. That, that is a big get, and this is the the Paramount Plus show. We also have uh, Carrie Elways. Christopher wow. Lloyd, Doc Brown himself, a stalker Channing of Greece fame and <laughs> the West Wing <laughs> and more. Paul Shear, fucking Paul Shear, complete with that big gap in his tooth. Um, and Rob Hubble. Hubble. Hubble? Hubble? You, you, are, you are very Hubel. close Hubel. to a human giant reunion and you failed. <laughs> Sorry. So they are all joining the star-studded cast of this show coming to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, very exciting stuff. I cannot wait for this show. That's all I can say on, on this I podcast. thought it was it's hilarious that Eric Andre introduced John Hamm as the white Idris Elba. <laughs> 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 it still resonates with me. I'm still laughing about it. <laughs> Had to mention it somewhere. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Looking, looking good. I'm excited. I still can't believe Son- Sonic to me is like the the top end of the adaptation. Uh, I cannot believe how well it's gone. So I have no reason to doubt this will be yep. uh, anything but watchable. We did get another show today that was a kind of a big deal. We, we got a Nintendo uh, Direct. Oh, oh, yes. I thought you meant yes. a television yeah. show for With, television people. Uh, with a a, I mean, was this announced. was 40 minutes of pure joy. Uh, <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. Everyone was like, what is Nintendo's holiday lineup looks like? And Nintendo was like, we we got you, dude. That was we, we, kind we, of We know insane. that we have to release games. It It's nuts. It's nuts. So uh, th- I'll start. I won't bury the lead. I'll go with the biggest announcement here. Super Mario Bros. Wonder is mm-hmm. a brand new 2D Mario game. Notice, though, not doesn't have a new label. It's not called I like I, Like Mario I told Bros. you, they, they, they buried that brand with, with Mario Maker, which I meant to say is the best use of the Wii U gamepad ever. Uh, it, mm. it was awesome. Yeah. But like once they gave you yeah. all the tools to make a better new Super Mario Brothers game, they have to do something new, and it's pretty fucking cute. 
what they've done yeah. with uh, yeah. so this game had everything it had talking flowers it had new power-ups it had elephant mario uh no it was um it was pretty what's up with those talking flowers in the like in that trailer I don't they know. Were they're, they're like shouting tutorial messages I, I, which was weird yeah. i don't think but, they were actually <laughs> like there's several things they say that like what the fuck is this? Am I saving this but, guy? But in, an, in an oddly very conversational way, and then the characters were talking very conversationally too. It almost makes me wonder: is that one of the core features of this game? Is like, hey, they, there's like not kind of like you know how you have interactions in like Mario Kart, like if you know they can say stuff to each other, but like as you're platforming, the characters are talking to That's each other. That's what I love. This game, was, they announced the game. It's out in four months, and. I'm riddled with questions. <laughs> it, it looks so expressive. I've seen people saying, like, if you look at the animations, this looks like they they were consciously trying to copy the NES era, like, manual artwork. Uh, hmm. Mario's very much in that style. He's more expressive than the new Super Mario Brothers characters yeah, were. Yeah, when, when, he, when uh, he reaches, like, a certain um, acceleration and jump, Instead of mm. pointing his toes like he's done since three, he like throws his chest out, making himself. It's mm. so cute and like you know very vulnerable. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't lead a jump like that. Yeah. But but super, nah, super Mario O'Neill. Like I am very into this. And so he turns into an elephant, and the elephant <laughs> thing uh, that was kind of like the little uh, stinger at the end of that trailer. And they just didn't like, tell us anything. It's so amazing. Well, there was also like a power up at one point where. He straight up goes on a drug trip. Like, I don't know how else you can describe that segment of that trailer where, like, Mario eats that one power-up and then all this fucking – he starts seeing shit. The world is, like, warping around him. Like, you might as well get some hippie psychedelic music playing. It looked – I watched this twice because I was so curious. It looked like a water flower, which, yeah, we've had a fire flower for 35 years. Mm -hmm. What, What does a water flower do? And and you get they they called it like a wonder or something. Like one, a, I think it is called like a you're wonder. You're collecting flower wonder right seeds, but they didn't wonder tell seeds, what those okay. were or what they do or why you're after them. Um, they are the beginning of the wonder years. Ah! fabulous television. They <laughs> trigger a Beatles song. It was at that time <laughs> I thought, why did my dad name me Mario Mario? <laughs> uh, so a lot we we got to move on. There's so many good announcements. Super that's the best. Everyone's one. first role playing Super Mario RPG is getting a remake, and it's coming this year. It's coming in November. So just a little under a month after Super Mario Bros. Wonder, we it get looks Mario amazing. RPG. The the squat Mario and Peach designs are a little yes. weird. I, actually, but d- other than that, it's like great. not to but, but true to that this, game. But, but right? did like, they, did the squat yeah. Mario looked uniform with the one in Wonder. Like the tiny one. Oh. Kind of, uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit. Didn't compare. Didn't I just compare, thought that they, they looked odd because they're not just a small Mario. Like, you are like, you don't have a torso. You are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they yeah. both look like that. But, but also, like, Peach is never squat. That's She wasn't She wasn't in the original game that I remember. Yeah, she is. Uh, was she? Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, this is one of the few RPGs I've played through, like, three times. I fucking love it. And I wish more people stole from this RPG. Was this the Squaresoft one? This, yeah. was, this yes. was Square, right? Yeah. yeah, Square, and they were making the graphics with the Silicon Graphics workstations. It's interesting yes. their name was not anywhere in the announcement, because I always wonder how this shakes out at the end of the day. Like, who has ownership over I a product this old? Probably Nintendo, because it's all their characters. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. like, obviously, like, some money has to go to Square. <laughs> and, well, whatever. Now, look, Smash fans, there's a 3D Geno in the universe, and mm-hmm. there you go. your dreams have never there been closer. 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this because, frankly, it's been too long since a Mario RPG. The last one we got was the last Paper Mario game, which was good. Uh, not not amazing, but it was it was a good Paper Mario, but it's been long enough, goddammit. Yeah, they always feel the need Mario to, like, RPGs. add a niche to, like, the active time battles are already the niche. This is, like, even with even with traditional RPGs, they don't use that enough, like, the active mm. time elements. Yeah. It's so good in, in Mario RPG, and it, yep. it's just so wonderful. I like. I, did you see the, someone tease, like, I hear a Super NES remake, and I was just like, yeah, it's going to be Link to the Past. What other Super Nintendo game would you make? Remake? No need. And, 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 no need this year. No, no. no need. You and I've always been, good like, the, the, the Link to the Past doesn't need to be remade. It, it looks it looks and plays gorgeously. Sort of already was. Link Between Worlds is sort of a homage remake of I Link did, to the I Past. I highly disagree. But but, but uh, Mario RPG looks like shit and <laughs> deserved a, a total remake. Sure. And I just never, I, I so thought that was gone, like, abandonware. Totally, I've rarely been this surprised in an announcement. I was more excited by, like, um, one of you dickheads talked me into buying what I call the $100 Zelda with <laughs> another free first-party Nintendo game. <laughs> and now that's what this is. Like, I get this for 40 bucks essentially, or mm-hmm. 30 bucks. Uh, let's see. Well, you won't get for 30 but you will get for 50 Detective Pikachu 2 is coming this October. So we, I think this had already been announced. We just saw this in motion then. It still trips me out to see Pikachu drinking coffee and talking, and especially yeah. not with, with Ryan Reynolds' voice. Like they, they, they should just have hired him for that. They leaned a little hard into the coffee drinking thing. Like, okay, this isn't that interesting a gag. Honestly, it's like, okay, so he's a college girl. Great. In a comic strip. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> so this is coming October 6th, so soon. So again, like Nintendo's just like, bam, 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 release, release, Pretty release. Nuts, um Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume One is Master- coming to Switch. Oh, the I was Master- so this very yeah. pleasantly surprised by this. Um, this includes Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Two, Metal Gear Solid Three. Not the remake that's coming up for Metal Gear Solid Three. This is just I, I think like, it made, I think it made the Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Solid, Solid Delta. Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. Three Delta seem more substantial if they're releasing a remastered version yeah. of this game. Hell yeah. And this includes the NES games, so Metal Metal Gear, Metal and Gear the MSX Two, games. and yeah. Snake's Revenge. Yeah, the, the yep. MSX I, I games are the better versions. But I'm I've glad never that played the MSX games, so I'm excited. They're really good. They were included with, I think, Subsistence, the uh, the remastered Box. PS2 version mm. of three. But uh, yeah, and also I, I also like that they called it Master Collection Volume One, meaning there will mm-hmm. be a two. Yeah, and I think that will have the more controversial entries on it. I like that they're, like, thinking about it a little bit more, like, including Snake's Revenge almost seems like a flipping the bird to uh, Kojima, doesn't it? And like, fuck you, here's the non-canon one. Well, it, I mean, that bird's yeah. been flipped for years, right? Yeah, that's like, true, that's true. They flipped the bird a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But, it, well, it makes me wonder, like, Volume 2, it could include 4. Yeah, it or it could include, it'll include a like bunch Metal of Monster Hunter ripoffs. <laughs> it could it'll be a whole like Metal Peace Gear Walker Acid in those. Yeah, all the PSP games. Uh, yep. be weird. Yep. This did promise a motion comic. There's some more Zelda amiibo coming. No, we don't need to talk about those. WarioWare, new WarioWare, WarioWare Move It uh, is coming this November. So, bam, November 6th. So, again, Nintendo has like four four first-party releases <laughs> within like a month of each other. Was, if, you listen, if you listen to 302010, if you don't, you should. Uh, Wario got two different games in two different decades this week. So, seeing like 
And they were both kind of misfires. The 3D Wario World from Treasure and the mm. game that was ti- clearly titled Wario way later on in the process. But a true Wario micro, Wario micro games game is so they're so fun, man. That, awesome. that is what the last one should have been. This uses the Joy-Con motion functionality. The reason it's called Move It is it's it's like gonna make you act out the stuff you're seeing on screen. It's like, oh yeah, why didn't they do this originally with that other WarioWare title on this platform? Like this makes perfect sense. This looks like what WarioWare should have been on the Switch. From the start, and it's coming soon. And again, that one's fifty, not not sixty. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, Pikmin Four. They showed off more of that one. That one's coming soon. That's in July twenty first. So that's just around the corner there. And the kind of surprise announcement: HD versions of Pikmin One and Two. If you want to get caught, caught up, are headed to Switch. They are available now. They were available when they, when they debuted them earlier this week. And then I think if you want to get them uh, physical on a disc, it's coming in September for you. So uh, yeah, if you if you want to get caught up on the Pikmin series, they will all now be on the Switch. One, it two, three, all and four ties together in an unbelievable story. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's really the story of us. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. True. Uh, they showed off a bunch of that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet um, DLC, the expansions coming. So you guys know if you're going to buy those or not. You don't need me to tell you about them. Uh, uh, Mario Kart, eight more courses are on the way. This from is the, the biggest game? kart racing game. No, no, no. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Like, are, are these the ones from the mobile? Maybe. They usually are. <laughs> they, they, they develop so much shit so much faster for the mobile game. And they just poured over uh, those tracks for the most part. This one brings new characters, which is interesting. So it, it, it brings uh, Petey Piranha, Mario Kart 7's Wiggler, and Mario Kart Tours Kamek. Kart you Kamek. know the the characters you demanded that you most yes yeah, yeah. in a Mario yeah. Kart game. People were boycotting. No one was buying Mario Kart. The best selling. I want to see Switch my favorite by... Smash character represented in the Mario Kart game, Petey Piranha. Mm. <laughs> mm. I would love to see some characters from Luigi's Mansion debut in Mario Kart because Dark Moon is getting a remaster that was teased that's coming sometime next year so 2024 that is a 3DS games of all time yeah it's a great game very good Um, it reminds me I need to play 3 which I own on Switch and just have not finished so I need to finish that couldn't get into Uh, it they also teased a new Princess Peach game coming that I'm excited first time in 17 years since since Super Princess Peach Super Princess Peach for DS very yes. very good game. Mm-hmm. Although that was a, a weird one, and it's like, oh, Princess Peach needs to manage her emotions, which becomes superpowers. Like, what do girls like? They like Ugh. emotional things. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, this this seems to be like you know she's performing in a stage show or something. So it's it's like uh, returning to the X2. the Super Mario Brothers three uh, conspiracy theory, where like this is all happening on a stage. Those are sets in the background. Mario yeah, never died. The world. Mm-hmm. Did occur all to me. That, yes, all this is not actually happening. You are getting a game that never existed. Conspiracy theorists. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. my gosh! Guess <laughs> what? All fiction is a lie. <laughs> it's just like a game called Vampire Survivors that doesn't feature any vampires in it. So yeah, yeah. Vampire Survivors is, is coming to Switch um, with Couch Co-op. That game rules. Play Vampire Survivors. It really Survivors. does. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new That's Dragon Quest news. Monsters, the Dark Prince that was announced. So if you're into the Dragon Quest kind of spin-off stuff. Hey, Sonic Superstars had a segment. You got to see more Sonic mm-hmm. Superstars. Yeah. Including an addition, some additional uh, levels that were never not seen in our announced trailer, and emerald powers that were not seen in the other trailers. So uh, there's a lot more of stuff I can't wait to show you guys. Uh, let's see this one, man. 
Twitter after this announcement, people people were kind of just wondering how the hell is the Batman Arkham trilogy going to run on Nintendo Switch? That like is kind of weird. It like, really broke my brain. The, the first couple of them, but but Arkham Knight, really? But it's like Arkham Knight is a 2016 game. Yeah, it, but it's also a PS4 uh, Xbox One game. I know. It just seems like. It's still possible, but they didn't. They didn't mention streaming or anything like that, right? Mm, no, no, no they didn't. So. But that's how they've done some of those other kind of. Like, yeah, there, there are a surprising amount village on, on Switch. Like you can stream yeah, it. There's a surprising mm-hmm. amount of games you can. The Switch isn't capable of handling, and you can stream. And I know that because I was playing Zelda for hundreds of hours and have mm-hmm. not looked at my Switch store in months. Otherwise. Ooh, yeah. Let's see. Star Ocean, the second story, R, is announced. So this is a 1998 oh, game. I'm so excited for this because this is one I loved in college and I never managed to finish. Um, but it's it's a fun idea just blending sci-fi with medieval fantasy where, like, you know, what if astronauts from Earth in a few centuries and, like, a Star Trek kind of milieu mm. go to this uh, backwater undeveloped planet and it's basically just medieval fantasy land. And uh, yeah. there's magic and shit, and there's a, a one of your party members is a cursed guy named uh, Ashton Anchors, and he's got like two dragon heads growing out of his back, and uh, he learns to get along with them. But like in the original translation, I don't know if this was a weird localization thing where they just did their own thing or if this was like this in the original he is obsessed with barrels he will just stand around in every town looking at a barrel and he'll just say like barrel when he's approached and then like you know barrel pretty barrel 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 and like okay where did that come from that never comes up again (laughs) he just was predicting what was it episode one of those episodes of VGA where you guys just did the barrel episode. He was just predicting yeah, that. I That's think we might have we might have commented on that. Yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be my last episode, and then we dragged you back in. You uh, did. Let's see. We oh, and the, you talk about blending. Uh, this this game also blends. It's like two D pixel characters on fully three D backgrounds. So it's kind of mm-hmm. got a little bit of that thing that the Square games yeah, a little, are doing. A little bit of the HD two D Star Ocean Octopus mm-hmm. Troubler thing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we saw a gameplay trailer for Persona 5 Tactica, so you got to see more of that game. Uh, again, Sega employee here. I'm excited. I've seen I've seen this game, and it looks very exciting. Uh, Myth Force is a game that we probably should talk about a lot more on very being who cool. we are on this show. That's that roguelite that looks like a Saturday morning cartoon come to life. Mm-hmm. So that is coming to Switch. Um, it looks like a Ralph Bakshi cartoon come to life. It looks like rotoscoping. Yes, that's. What, I think it's been in early access on other platforms, and I I heard kind of mixed things about the gameplay itself. Mm. But it looks beautiful. It's just fucking you know like mm. looks right up my alley art style wise. But yeah, so that's coming to Switch. Maybe I'll play it there. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Michael already talked about Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. That DLC was announced and came out. Um, there was let's see a new. They showed off some more uh, Just Dance for this year's Just Dance 2024 mm-hmm. edition. Michael is a Ubisoft employee. We should warn you up there. Um, this one's a biggie to me. So Penny's Big Breakaway oh, this is looks a so new, cool. new 3D platformer from Evening Star. Um, and that is basically the studio that brought you Sonic Mania. So they, they showed off their new project. This thing looks cool as hell. Like, I'm very excited for this game. Yeah, this, this looked like... This is the sort of game that Yuji Naka should have made instead of Balan Wonderworld. Like, this is 
very much his vibe. So, you know, but it, it's cool to see someone else carrying that torch now. Right. You, 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 I just found out this week uh, Yuji Naka was related to Sir Mix-a-Lot. What? Yeah. Like, really? Uh, but, well, that's a stage name. Um, you might know him as Chief Bootnaka. Okay, are you just making this? Oh up? my god! Every one of my co-hosts just sighed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you can find another podcast with the chief boot who's going to comment on Sir Mixalot's fourth album, uh, I'd like to find it. As a dad, I'm supposed to just automatically like jokes like that, and that was that was even a stretch for me. So uh, no, I just I just got that with the Naka. Jesus Christ, Chief Boot Naka? No, look, I had to hold my Ashton Kutcher punk joke when it's Michael talked about a character named Ashton. Okay, so you guys are confused because it's spelled differently. Otherwise, it's I really see. funny. I yeah. see. I see. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, last last thing. Um, there's there's a lot more other announcements, but Hot Wheels Unleashed Two uh, Turbocharged is coming. It's coming this October. So I liked that Hot Wheels Unleashed uh, racing game that came out. God, was it two years ago? I prefer At this it point, it might have been a year ago. Mm. Very, very fun arcade racer. Not as fun to me personally as the Hot Wheels expansions for Forza, but uh, it's it's still good arcade racing fun. So that's getting a sequel, and that's coming this October. So look forward to that. That is all the Nintendo uh, Direct news. Let's see. Oh, that's a bit of news. Not, 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 not such a fun one. So... Michael pointed out that Microsoft did something that you don't normally do. Normally with consoles, you hear about price drops over time. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft just announced outside the U.S., uh, in select countries, there's going to be a price increase of the Series X, which, yeah, that one is a bit baffling. It's a bit of a head-scratcher because it's like, I, I get it. Inflation is real and is happening and currency fluctuations happen and – but it's very rare that you hear about a price increase on on a console, yeah. especially one that's not. You know, it's uh, we don't have actual stats, but we know it's not moving as many units as the PS5, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they they already raised their price globally. Uh, on Series X? No, on they? PlayStation Five. Oh yeah. Oh, they'd you're already, right. That's right. Apparently, that's that one of the reasons they're doing it to bring themselves up to parity with the PS5, but. But, you know, that would seem like a good selling point if we can maintain this price. But then they kind of – I feel like they almost use that to deflect from the real news, which affects way more of us, which is that Game Pass – not saying the party's over, folks, but the party's (laughs) going to cost you $2 more per month. $2? (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, like, uh, if you buy annually, you save money. (laughs) That was awesome. I step on that. Um, yeah, two bucks isn't that big a deal. But I love the idea of the party's over, guys. I thought we were getting away with murder. Two dollars. Ah, that's that's all fucking boycott. I can't get no a one. sandwich for Mc, at McDonald's for two dollars. That's twenty four dollars a year. We don't give Xbox a pass on Game Pass. Say it with me, guys. No pass on Game Pass. I don't. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be two bucks more a month. That sucks, but it is what it is, and it's still a great value even at that higher price. So, mm. Yeah, sure. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that, and then uh, that was kind of coupled with uh, it's not good or bad news. It's just Microsoft confirmed there are nobody at Xbox is working on anything Xbox One exclusive at this point. Like all the teams are focused on. This gen's hardware, Series S and Series X. That's good because, you know, I, I know it's important to not leave people behind, but it has been 
three years. Granted, they've been three years in which it has been very difficult to get your hands on new gaming hardware. But, like, it's if, if we keep up this cross-platform stuff, it's going to... There's not going to be room for advancement. Yep. Yep. And, and to be honest, because they have that slightly different model where, like, the Series S does not have the same guts as the Series X. It's not as powerful. Like, PlayStation... The PS5 disc version and the one without the disc, they have the same guts. It's still the same power level. So Microsoft already mm-hmm. kind of has that challenge, right? You got two two different power yeah. levels you have to design games for. It's fine that we're dropping that third tier at this point, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Michael said, it, it for me, it's, it's a positive because it means more innovation and people taking more advantage of these current gen platforms. So just apologies if you're outside the US and have to pay a bit more for that current gen platform. It's, it's, it was system. hard to... Because it all seemed like an increments of 50, but I don't understand. $800 in Australia, that's an outrage or a great deal. I don't know. I <laughs> don't know at all. Now they have dollar reduce over there. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be like $1,000 reduce per dollar. We just don't know. Yep. But uh, anyway, that's all the news that's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week, you might remember what character from pop culture first made you feel old when you realized their canonical age. On VigiGamePocalypse.com, a man riding a woman riding a motorbike says, I believe several years ago in on an episode of Talking Simpsons, it was mentioned that Homer's canonical age was 36. I was probably about 30 then, and it was a little too close for comfort. I am now 36, and that, coupled with some life events, has left me in a small existential crisis. The timing of this question is giving me real Truman Show vibes. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Wood Duck says, A couple of years ago in my early 30s, I was unemployed for a while and finally watched through all the MCU films, which I'd never paid attention to at the time. While enjoying the ups and downs of the series and finally understanding why everyone loved Infinity and Endgame so much, I had to go back and listen to some old Laser Time episodes with my years late excitement. I came to the shocking realization that I was now the same age as the younger stars. The vague early to mid-30s of many film characters that always seemed comfortably far off was finally upon me. Strange that it took a series that I wasn't deeply invested in to give me the realization, as opposed to anything I followed more closely. Luckily, I can still tell myself I'm a few years off Homer Simpson. Not too far, my friend. Not too Not far. Too far. I do love that he signed this too. Very rarely do we have people in their comments sign it. Sign Wood Duck. Uh, and then he, this is where they're from. Apologies if I butcher this, but it's a hilarious name. Cooley and Abing, a real place. He makes sure to tell us in Western Australia. Cooley and and Abing. Cooley and Abing. Wouldn't it just be Cooley and Abing? Hey, Knobbin back there! You're probably right, and yes, you need an Australian accent to pronounce that name correctly. Are you Kate Knobbin back there? Again? (laughs) (laughs) Kooya Knobbin! Sammy Frankie, whose name I love, says, uh, question of the week, I was hanging out with my mother-in-law watching Golden Girls. Don't judge me. Uh, There was an episode where Sophia calls the police to file a missing or person's report uh, for Dorothy, B. Arthur, and describes her as a woman in her early 50s. (laughs) I'm turning to dust. I'm turning to dust. (laughs) That prompted us to look up the ages of all the characters, and we learned that Blanche Devereaux is supposed supposed to be 47 years old. I'm so pissed off right now. I'm so fucking pissed off right now. (laughs) 
one of the stars of the show about dusty old retirees trying to diddle some old man uh, dong while living out their golden years is only four years older than Chris Antis. <laughs> and two years older than Mike and Matt. Yeah. yeah. Michael and Matt. I can't believe I called myself Mike. Jesus. Mike! Hey, what up, Mike? Uh, well, now, that you're, now that you're in your mid-40s, Mike yeah, is you appropriate. Be Mike. Let's start calling him Mike. I said the second, Mike. He, the second Michael starts calling Don't himself call Mike, Mike, I'm going to ice that bro so hard. <laughs> Big Mike on the mic. The I, podcast I, I, I had the a most. friend who went by Big Mike and he passed away recently. So I'm sorry. I, is that I the guy guess I the mantle passes to me. No, that was Red Mike. <laughs> Jesus, you lost two mics? I did. Jesus. Oh my God. I shouldn't laugh. Jesus. Uh, it's funny just because of their nicknames. Um, well, uh, on the official Lazy Time community, Adrian X. Spillman says, I j- on Facebook, I should say, Adrian X. Spillman says, I just found out that Garfield turned 45. I'm going to be 46 this same year. This doesn't feel normal. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> normal joke. I mean, had to include it just for that. Dude, Garfield's not 45. Like, this series is 45. In the comics, Garfield is not a 45-year-old Canonically, cat. Canonically, he stays 36 forever. <laughs> a 45-year-old cat is a head in a jar. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that can't happen. But, like, it's also, like, yes. Garfield's been so, like, let's be honest, his character representation he is depressed and that means he's been mm-hmm, depressed mm-hmm. for like 45 years can you imagine how mm-hmm. over society and uh just regular health garfield is over everything holy shit it's mondays he really i just and, and, i thought he was always just an asshole i guess yeah i never thought about it that way no, yeah i thought depressed. of him more as an asshole than depressed he seemed yeah well it's just guess, like if you don't you guys don't have cats but like your cat's like Hey, I got you this new thing. Isn't this exciting? And then, like, they treat you like teenagers. They're the worst. Mm-hmm. They're they're awful. Oddly and, enough, I view John as depressed always. Like, he mm-hmm. always rang to me as like, oh yeah, that dude's totally. I, I depressed. think it's widely. Like, if, if you actually want to like look into what Garfield is about, it's how much John sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. John's a loser. It's not so much that he's depressed as that he should be depressed. Yeah, it's that he deserves to suck. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you didn't see it, like I saw some social media, like "Happy Birthday, Garfield" from the official account. Everyone forgets. I feel like that Nickelodeon bought that character. Hmm. Wow! And and like so, Ninja Turtles and Garfield, as exciting as it was to see them in that game a while back, they're just in the same umbrella forever. Nickelodeon mm. bought Garfield. That feels so weird. But, but given that, did we, they buy and friends? Did they buy? That's true. Do you own U.S. Acres? You fucking idiot! Yeah, you forgot you. about that. <laughs> Orson's yeah. on the table still. Because mm-hmm. if not, you got you got played, yeah. son. Uh, let's see. Kyle shoot, says I didn't really have an answer until I just rewatched the Morpheus conversation from the first Deus Ex and realized the canonical age of J.C. Denton. Was twenty three years old. Oh no! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Video games kind of do that a lot. Or it's, watch anything Japanese, and they'll make you feel ancient if you're That's past twenty five. It's something so. yeah. I didn't feel like I'd be depressed about, and then I I watch something from my youth, and it, it's usually a woman like, "What am I even doing? I, I want to have a family someday, and I'm twenty two. Like tick tick tick, and like." <laughs> Oh, this sucks. I'm so old and I'm never going to get any of that. Yeah. Oh my Final God. Fantasy, here's a grizzled old man and he's 32 years old. He's 32. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I want to read Shy Guy Fieri's. I actually recently had a moment 
of feeling old when I saw The Flash. When shows up, it took me a second, but then I remembered, oh yeah, that's right, uh, plays all the way back in uh, I can't believe I was years old when came out. Now, to be fair, and even uh, here as well, and was playing back in the uh, but still, the fact that came out years ago makes us feel old as fuck. Of course, the biggest surprise of the movie actually bringing in the motherfucking uh, version of uh, that's one for the true film buffs. <laughs> I think as the I, only guy who's still seen this movie on the podcast, I understood every reference. I, uh, yeah. Every I reference can sort of follow it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Baker says, if you grew up on the image of Anakin Skywalker's force ghost in the form of Sebastian Shaw, a dude in his 70s when he filmed that, then you have in the back of your head that Darth Vader was a pretty old dude when he died. Not Really? Oh, no. As I realized a couple of years ago, <laughs> oh, no. he was 45. Oh, no. I have outlived Darth Vader, and I can't think of anything pop culture related that can make me feel older. Here's hoping I outlive Emperor Palpatine, who I just learned took a great fall at a sprightly 88. <laughs> there you go. Uh, by the way, I love that Baker pointed out he read the script. And the script it reads, Palpatine falls down the shaft and explodes. <laughs> he exploded Somehow at age Palpatine 88. exploded. Palpatine exploded at age 88. Senator. Shift! Senator. Hey man, I'm just talking about the shaft. I can dig it. Sen- I just like the, the, uh, the article, Emperor Palpatine, Senator, friend, dies at 88. <laughs> uh, okay, new question of the week. Uh, we're going to be doing our games of the half year, best games of the, the year so far next week. So what is your favorite game of the year so far? Now, bear in mind, we're only going to do one Zelda Tears of the Kingdom answer, maybe two at most, if yes. they're both pretty creative. So make your answer creative. And I'm not saying make a creative Zelda answer. I'm saying if there is a game that you like slightly less than Zelda... That might have a better chance of being yes. read. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't normally like to tell you guys how to answer, but like, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the unexpected entries on this one. I'm just going to give you that as a cheat sheet right in advance. So uh, I, I yeah. had the, I, I want to report this, and this is not really, it's not a spoiler. What are you, a cop? No. You can't report it. No. <laughs> I want to report this. Uh, I want to talk to someone's manager. I know. This guy's a podcast manager. Ah, uh, you a knack. Uh, the heat. We're talking about the heat this weekend. If you don't understand that reference, I wouldn't nice. have it either a week ago. Uh, I love that movie. Pacino, De Niro, fantastic. No, the heat. <laughs> oh, it's the the that do, sets it apart. You do what I do, and I do what you do. Yeah, you do. You do. Sorry, that's my heat impression. Um, it's not bad. Uh, with a blackout, I was able to <laughs> like accidentally finish Zelda, and I thought it, when I finished the game. You'll finish the game, and there'll be end game stuff. I can go explore. And what I want people to know: when you finish the game, you can reload your save from right before the end, and that's it. Hmm. Um, that's what I want. Wasn't to- the first one kind of like that, Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I think so. But like, yeah. I, I really like. I kind of wish they let me save afterwards. Like, um, 
and granted, you know, mm-hmm. there's some changes, but not nothing too drastic. Like, why why can't there be end game stuff in Zelda? Because eventually there'll be DLC for this. People will have because they have it. to charge you for DLC. Exactly. Uh-huh. There's your new game plus. Uh, but uh, yeah, what, what was the question? I forgot. <laughs> Favorite game of the year so far? Oh, the the one I cannot get you guys on board on. Wulong. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wulong, I thought was it's easily Wulong. Wulong. Yeah. Can't even. <laughs> what I say? Wulong. Wu. Did I? It's Wulong. Yeah. It's W-O. Wulong. God, I shouldn't have skipped yeah. every cutscene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the top two for me for games of the year. Really? Yeah, for sure. That's because you haven't played four remake. I have not actually. So, but <laughs> yeah. But wait, it, wait, wait! It beats it beats Street Fighter Six. I'm I like I don't have anything to get at a Street Fighter Six. I'm not a Street Fighter yeah. player. Okay, uh, all right, all right. But uh, love yeah. World Tour. You're a Final Fight fan, though. Like yeah. my my understanding is Street Fighter Six is a love letter to Final Fight. Street well, Fighter Six is like Yakuza, but sillier, and you get to beat up everybody. I I, I played hours of that, but like um, mm. I'll never get the most out of Street Fighter. I'm not the most qualified to weigh in on Street Fighter. But I will say that Wulong is like, like it's not even Souls esque. It's just like raw, fucking hot gameplay all the fucking time. Uh, high, like hyper attentive. Watch what this dude does. Def- def- the deflection system is so cool, so cool. Did you never play the Neo games? Because like it, it's yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty much just a spiritual. I, I did. I just I didn't. I didn't love the, the 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 stance stuff. The idea that I had to hit yeah, like extra yeah. buttons mm. to like take a hit. Where this is just it like became a pain in the ass. Yeah, for like sure. notice the the game will telegraph what's what's going to happen and incredible boss fights. Like combat is just wonderful all the time. Grinding for souls is so much fun. I was so angry when I when I got to a point where I wished it away. Um, but Wulong, Wulong. I'll, I'll give the answer that I know won't make our list, but is a personal one of mine. Um, Fire Emblem Engage. Turns out, what I really wanted with the Fire Emblem game was the actual fighting and the combat. What I didn't need was all the school bullshit from the last game, Three Houses, mm. like all the talking and stuff in between the fighting. So Engage, um, I think some people miss that stuff. Engage stripped a lot of that out. It's still there. Like, you can still do that. It's just not as prominent. Because really what I found out is, like, I want to do that in a Persona game. That's where I want to do my high school interactions and shit between uh, missions. Not in a Fire Emblem game. So to me, Fire Emblem Engage is, like, perfectly, like, the evolution of the series and where I felt it needed to go. That game's so good. I could pick that up right now and just play through. There's, there's kind of side missions and kind of RNG, random spawning missions that occur between all the main story missions. And it's, oh, mwah, it's fucking so good. It's a great Fire Emblem, and it's one of my faves of the year. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to not talk about any of the expected entries because we'll do enough of that next week, I think. Yeah. Um, but one thing that, like a little outlier that caught my attention is Dead Island 2, weirdly enough. Mm. Like, that is a weirdly fucking fun game. Mm -hmm. And uh, just being able to beat the shit out of zombies, uh, there's there's a moment early on where you're, like, exploring this hotel where this wedding went really batshit bad, and uh, they, like, some, some troops, like, filled a pool with acid to start dissolving bodies and a bunch of zombies attack you. And you can just kite around the pool so that they walk right through it and dissolve 
into bloody skeletons that then collapse. It's such a great moment. <laughs> yeah, that game just seems like if you like fun mm-hmm. video games, yeah. it turns it's out... A, it's a video gamey ass video game. What it reminds nice. me of, though, it made me think of... I saw a great post from friend of the show, Carolyn Pettit, today, who was talking about reviewers. She's like, reviewers, have some fucking conviction. Don't say some of my favorite games ever are sevens. Give those games eights and nines, like, if yeah. you really feel they're good. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying about this game, Michael. It's like, hey, that's a game a lot of people were like, hey, that's a seven. And it's like, well, to you, if it's fun as shit, shouldn't it be a nine in your book at that well, point? Like, it will have faults, right? I think you can recognize that it's just like, well, this story is kind of bad, or this gameplay has some really obvious flaws, but for whatever reason, it works, and it works for me on a very subjective level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can see that, you know, my it was, it favorite was the games thing I went, sevens, whatever. I went through in a professional review when I reviewed um, Earth Defense Force Insect Armageddon, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I feel like I can't tell you this is a ten because of the things it does that is so stupid. But, but you said a ten out of ten in our hearts, yeah. and they used that as a pull quote in ads. And to their credit, we're like, please don't do that. That is not what we said. <laughs> um, even though that is exactly what I said, uh, and you gave them permission. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you, you do have to give them permission to use. Yeah, that I think quote it came at the same years like Uncharted Three. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to say Insect Armageddon <laughs> is better than Uncharted Three? It's impossible because it is. But, but like, it was like my personal enjoyment. Like, this is what I want out of like not every video game, but some video games. Just like deliver me raw action keep throwing things at me keep making me think i don't need a fucking coherent story i don't need a equipment upgrade seek uh, but dead island the first dead island was great with that too it was like unbridled fun in the stupidest fucking shell and and i, I only keep talking about it i was in a walmart today and to let you know how my brain works maybe going back to that stadia conversation I see the PS4 and PS5 version of Dead Island 2. The PS5 version was priced $10 less. And I'm like, I hmm. gotta get it! <laughs> yeah. What a deal! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a deal! Like, But, like, I didn't, but, like, not what a deal. Like, that, that's how my brain works. If, like, I feel like I'm getting over on mm-hmm. <laughs> getting a deal of some kind, I should take advantage of it. Because, obviously, Dead Island will be $30 for the next four years. So, look forward to it. Uh, not on Game Pass yet, but oh boy, I can't wait. All right, so what is your favorite game of the year so far? We're six months into 2023. You're bound to have something. Like, and remember, we're only accepting one or two Zelda answers, so be creative. Don't be afraid to, to speak out about a front. Uh, I don't like the a Zelda runner game, up. And I don't like your comments. You love the nope. Zelda game. Nope. You want to marry the Zelda game. Nope. Don't look forward to the conversation next week where I bury this fucking... You're like Mr. and Mrs. Zelda game Antista. I, 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 I feel like any game release in the last like three weeks is like, why didn't you just throw your game into a volcano? Like, <laughs> what a waste of time. What a waste of time. Uh, anyway, let us know your favorite game. Go to videogamepocalypse.com, answer to the comments for episode 529. Alternately, you can... Visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read your answers on next week's show. That has been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Guys, what do we got? Tokyo Disney Sea. Come on. Oh, yeah. 
Matt's talking about Tokyo Disney Sea over on Bonus Time. Got another Twilight Zone uh, episode, 80s in depth. It's important to mention because that is all Spielberg's amazing stories, period. And Family Dog has to be brought up on 302010. If you know Family Dog, Brad Bird, wow. the best, I think, directors, in my opinion, according to the quality. Ghost Protocol to Incredibles to Ratatouille. Fucking amazing director. Iron Giant, just best directing track record. His first thing was Family Dog, a thing produced by Steven Spielberg and Paul Dini, the guy who made Batman the animated series so wonderful. The guy who invented Harley Quinn? That Paul Dini? Yeah, like they all worked on one show and it wasn't good. But the initial (laughs) thing was, uh, and, and yeah, I think JR has the great remark that like it's the biggest legacy of family dog is being a one-off Simpsons Treehouse of horror. It's on a gravestone along with other one season animated series that the Simpsons kind of spawned with capital critters. And huh. uh, that's how most people fucking know this thing. It's never been on DVD. Most of it's on YouTube. Spielberg, Burton, Dini, Brad Bird. Never on DVD, can't officially watch it anywhere. Um, wow. Amazing. One, one of many things about 302010. Patreon.com slash laser time, by the way, is how to access the Twilight Zone episode. We're doing one on Blues Brothers and something else that is tomorrow. I should probably pay more attention. Um, and uh, bonus times with Matt. Yeah, I feel like I've been feeling like doing more bonus times lately. Uh, I've had a problem sharing my life with people for a little while and um, feeling less like that. So, you know, if you care, uh, it's, we're going to start doing some more stuff. So, yeah, money. Give it to us. That thing. There's got to be a better way to plug than that. A yeah. compelling pitch. I got, I, got, I got more stories to tell. I'll come back and do another bonus time soon. We should do another one of those. Yeah, I, I've seen surprisingly some... most of the summer movies I've wanted to outside The Flash. I hate... I, really hate Matt having bragging rights to being the only one who's seen The Flash. But uh, I've also seen Asteroid City. Yeah. Uh, the Flash is better than Asteroid City. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, I feel like my it mom is, is going to be so disappointed. So I should see The Flash instead? And <laughs> Spider-Man is better than The Flash and Guardians 3. But anyway, we'll hmm. probably talk about that on a bonus time show too. I think Aren't we trying to do some summer movie roundup or some shit? Or? Yeah, well, I talked to TL about Dude, I need to reach out to him again. Uh, that's all I have to plug is bonus times. If you want to hear some of my more more of my bullshit, uh, I, I have an interesting life outside of this podcast. Jr. and I want to do something about the AI stuff, and not that <laughs> we're the most knowledgeable, but like I got shit to say that I don't see anybody being said, and so does Jr. And um, I've used a lot of this AI stuff. Uh, part of what you're hearing right now is a fake robot. I, hmm. I think you guys can. You're responsible for those this fucking uh, Nick Fury the AI intro. No, that the, yeah, 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 that Sir you Mixalot did. joke from earlier was a Chat GPT thing, and I, I deserve no responsibility at all for the uh-huh. Chief Bootnaka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys, that was great. <laughs> I'm sure one or two listeners guffawed. <laughs> Kidding, kidding. Like it, it hit the thing is it hit both Michael and I at the same time, and you're right. We both yeah. are just like uh, just delayed, deflated. Like, what the down. fuck is he talking These about? These are my two <laughs> children, Yuji and Chief Boot. 
And <laughs> I knew I knew he was going somewhere with it. And then once once you got there, I'm like, oh. And I and, oh, that's where and you're going? behind the scenes, I've been waiting all day to do that. I'm not going to waste wow. this in our chat. It's it's a it's a text. Yeah, joke you got to save the good ones. Yeah, you save them. You save the good ones for the show, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That works better spoken anyway. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's been our show. As always, you can follow us on VigiGameApocalypse.com. On Twitter, at VGApocalypse. Visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime. Follow me personally on Twitter, at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. My body type, Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is Superman paunchy? Called barrel-chested and Douglas Fairbanks was a god.